What's going on, boys? Oh my god. <laughs> Episode two? What's the hype? Consistency? There we go. This is awesome. Two for two. Two for two. Thank you guys for coming and joining us for episode two. Cheers, fellas. This cheers. is... We're going to cheers every single time. If you're drinking at home, please. Please, if you're enjoying a beverage, cheers with us. Yes. Hello, guys. Welcome to the What's the Hype podcast, episode two. This is RC Lightning. This is BN Vincent. Go by Ryan. And what's up, guys? It's Vegaface. Handle V-E-G-A-F-A-Y. <laughs> Get the Y in there. He has a really cool Twitch background. If you guys ever see him streaming, I asked for one for a long time ago. Plug, yeah, plug it again. All right, that's enough. Anyway, <laughs> hi guys, welcome back. Uh, thanks for tuning into the Halo episode. Uh, we got more content for you. Uh, a couple uh, things that we've heard over the last kind of week or two that we wanted to bring up, talk about in the the gaming space or the entertainment space, and then we have our main topic, which is uh, seeing that as we have a little bubble store out here. We're I mean, definitely first gonna... of all, how are you guys doing? I'm doing, I'm doing solid. It was a great day. I had a great back day. I, I had an awful, awful procedure done today. I had something stuck up my butt. Camera. That oh wasn't fun. Gosh. Colonoscopies are not yeah, fun. Colonoscopies are not fun. But everyone out there, you guys will have one eventually. Mm-hmm. I now have had two. It sucks. The, the prep is the only thing that actually really sucks. I, I remember in the show House, uh, whenever House wanted to fuck with the patient. Is that, is that Stuart Little's dad? No, no. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, yeah, yeah. Stuart Little's dad, Hugh Laurie. That's his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And whenever he wanted to fuck with someone, he would just give them a completely unnecessary a colonoscopy. <laughs> <laughs> and that would always be like his thing. And like the, the, attend, the, the lead leader of the hospital would always be like, wow, so what the fuck? He didn't need a colonoscopy. And it's like, <laughs> that's, that's he's acting out. <laughs> yeah, for all, you's out, for all of those out there that don't know what it is. You pretty much just get like this really long camera stuck up your butt to see if anything's wrong. Yep. And they make you drink like this really, really intense, like industri- industry it's strength. Become a medical laxative. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, dude. Like Robert saw me yesterday. I, I found a position where I up. could just stay. That's the only position I could stay. Mm-hmm. It was pretty awful. But everyone's going to have to go through it. But hopefully, you guys don't have to deal, deal with it yet. Heard. So, obviously, we're going to be talking about Pokemon. Something really pissed me off. All right, there we today. go. We're getting into Uh-oh. it. Something, something really pissed me off today. And I wanted to get y'all's opinion because the thing that I'm talking about today is the devs from Jagex, mm-hmm. from the very, very popular MMORPG uh, RuneScape. So they have two versions of the game out right now. And first one being just the, the normal RuneScape that we have right now, which is the one that was... Started like 2001, mm-hmm. started RuneScape and went to RuneScape 2, then to RuneScape 3. And then they also have OSRS, which is old school. There is a fantastic plugin called RuneLight. And uh, Vega, can you actually tell us who the gentleman's name is? Who so, made RuneLight? Uh, the person that was working on RuneLight uh, HD. Yeah, Basically, T- TLDR. And Robert, I want your honest opinion on, mm-hmm. on what you think about this. Just as like an outsider looking in. So there is a. There's a project that they are working on. RuneLight, for those of you that don't know. So RuneScape, old school RuneScape was a pretty old game. Starting in like 2001, there's just like a lot of dated stuff. A lot of dated mechanics, but there's just a very strong nostalgic 117? Is his name just 117? Looks like that's how he signed. Let me check. Hold on. Okay. Well, anyways, so he... 117scape, yep. That's his Twitter handle. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so 117scape. But anyway, so, you know, playing old school RuneScape... It's just how it was back back in the day. Build is from 2007, I believe, and they've just been making content ever since. There was an amazing plugin that you can get called RuneLight, and it pretty much just makes your experience a lot easier. 
Oh, for sure. It's a lot easier to do quests. It's a lot easier to figure out XP rates. So if you know like the, the method that you're doing is good or not. Um, there's a lot of guides for dungeons and raid bosses. So like it'll tell you move here, equip this item, do this prayer boost, etc. It's a really, really good plugin. And he was making a HD port of it. So the whole thing that happened was this, this man, someone that's very passionate about the community, and it's pretty much just like a love project, honestly. He was working on an HD upgrade for it, and it was supposed to come out today. Uh, today is the September 7th, mm-hmm. 2021. So RuneLight HD project, uh, Mr. 117 was working on it, had like 2,000 hours plus uh, work that he put into it. And Jagex knew about the project the whole time. And in one of his, I think it was his Twitter posts, you should actually bring up the tweet that he had. I actually have it right here, the little okay. statement he put out. Yeah, uh, go ahead and read the statement. Okay, so he just he posted it this morning, the 7th at 1022, it looks like AM. And he just says, yesterday, September 6th, okay, RuneLight HD would have been released. The code had been reviewed and bugs had been fixed. It was ready to go. You would have been playing with it right now. Yet at the 11th hour, Jagex contacted me asking me to take it down in light of the reveal that they have a similarly themed graphical improvement project that is relatively early in the exploration stages. And then he goes on to say he offered a compromise to take it down uh, once their version came out, but they declined. And he spent over 2,000 hours of work in, in two years. Um, he's just pretty much, you know, thanking everybody for the support and everything. But, yeah, that's, that's rough. All right, so Robert, give me, give me your, your reaction to that. What do you think? So when you say HD remaster, is it just like um, RuneLight itself, like the application? or The, is game, it, the game is HD. So it would take OSRS and it would make it look HD. HD. Make it look really nice, yeah. Oh, really nice. high frame rate and everything. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Um, I mean, I played RuneScape, right? I grew up with it. I never really got super sweaty, but like I definitely have experienced gone and off throughout, you know, from the age of seven or something like that. And I remember being, these last couple of years being friends with you, getting back into it, telling me to download, Rune, download RuneLight. I definitely think that RuneLight is the definitive way to play OSRS. Yeah, no question. Um, no question about it. And the fact that it's already like a tool that is used and like RuneLight non-HD is okay, right? Yeah, I mean, it just, it just has all the... There's no, n- none of the, the good plugins. Mm-hmm. Like the, the Quest Helper one that RuneLight has is probably the most useful thing that you can he actually has some pictures on i'm actually looking at right now his Mm -hmm. some pictures of like what it would look like updated so normal rune light though is okay yeah normal rune light's totally fine so So they they have an option that basically uses your gpu like it helps take power from your gpu to actually increase the frame rate to a Mm -hmm. fixed i I think it's like 50 50 frames but you also have to remember that everything in that game is like 10, 10 yeah. frames for like each animation, but it just smooths yeah. everything out. Oh, yes, you're and right. it, <laughs> it, it just uh, it made everything better. But just the fact that they did it in the eleventh hour, they knew oh, it was happening. For sure. Yeah, uh, what the def- fuck? Definitely bad mood. Definitely bad move. I feel like from what I've heard, RuneScape has been such a community-driven project. I mean, even the existence of OSRS as normal RuneScape has continued to evolve and change. There was such a kind of like the same kind of. Um, the same kind of structure that WoW Classic has right now, right? That like I feel like it's the exact same, yeah, right? Because they have retail. Exactly. And then they just wanted to have a version for like the nostalgia. But that was based on the community, right? That there was, oh, yeah. there was, was very the market so there was because of the community. Yes, 100%. And OSRS, you know, you've told me about it and how like even new content has come out for OSRS because of the demand for it from the community. Um, the fact that this is a tool that has been essentially made by the community used by the community not looking for profit he's not looking for profit and i just think that it's a really shitty move i mean 
I feel like it's not from Jagex. I feel like this is probably whoever is in control. I mean, Jagex is in control. So one of the other things that... Oh, there's not like a some sort of larger... Well, like, I know company. they have investors and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it, so as, as far as I'm aware, the OSRS team, they, I think they were cool with it, but the, they work for Jagex, mm-hmm. right? Like they're the developer and they're the ones that are just like, yeah, let's cut that shit. So, and I feel like his, his um, what's it called? His compromise was very reasonable. Mm-hmm. Like as soon as y- y'all's is ready, I'll just take mine down. And especially because, like, he says that, hey, or Jagex says that theirs is in, like, early development. And they're, they always, they're going to release shit at a very, very slow pace. Mm-hmm. Right? So I just think it's an overall shitty move. Um, the lack of communication, you always hear about that in yeah. about any mm-hmm. gaming community. It's like, well, why didn't the devs talk to us about it? I think that's a very valid thing. In any game ever, has there ever been an instance where community-driven content was bad for the game. To that degree? I mean, just, just bad for the game? Either whether it, so, whether no. it be modding? I mean, even I feel like even in the most basic sense of, like, I mean, we talked about Forge last time mm-hmm. and, like, how that was a mode you could create your own games in. And mm-hmm. there was games that became, like, actual modes in, like, future games, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure, you know? Like, and those are, those are really, like, simple things. Like, it's taking the assets in Halo, just making a game mode out of it, you know? Like, so... Yeah, I wonder what the, the thought process is and why we would take it. Like, it's also, I want to actually say this, because under his tweet that he actually had his statement, he says, literally an hour later, for, uh, for what it's worth, Jagets, Jagex had not contacted him prior to it, despite him announcing the project over a year and a half ago. Yeah, so that's the other thing. So, so. they know about it. Of course they know about it. He also, he also confirms that none of this comes from the old school team itself. Yeah, yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, bad looks. Obviously, a very questionable thing. But to your question, I mean, the only way that I, I'm not even sure how you could make money for it because everything in Runelight is free. It's just a free plugin that you can get. Yep. And in order to access any of the members' content, you have to subscribe to the game or buy um, the bonds in Runescape. Is it Runelight open source too? I'm pretty I, sure. I th- you should look that up. It might be. But it's just, I, I agree with your point. I don't think there's it ever is. been a scenario where. The community wants to do something super awesome, mm-hmm. and it look it's bad for them. So I think another good example might be how Smash Bros is because um, yeah. Project M I know is a thing that the community did themselves. Yep, and it's just using like Nintendo assets. Mm-hmm. I believe Riptide actually had to take down Project M tournaments because Nintendo asked them. One of those I don't know if it was a major, but it was a pretty big one that had to. Yeah, yeah. And then because of that, I know there was a domino effect of other tournaments canceling their. Yeah, Nintendo's actually known for that, though. Anytime yeah. that they want to have a Melee tournament. Never ever, forget the Evo debacle. The Evo one, yeah. yeah. Whatever year that was. So uh, it might have been like 2012 or something. It was, like it was a long time ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Evo is like one of the most prestigious fighting tournaments in the world. Yes. Or was. And they wanted to have Melee there, but Nintendo was like... Nintendo didn't let Melee? Yeah. The story no, of it was is that basically there was... It hadn't been in Evo for a while... Um, for a couple of years and then they were having a charity event and basically you could donate to whichever game you wanted to be the final game there and it was a couple of different games some mm-hmm. older ones um, but the main proponent was or the main the biggest one was melee and there was like a huge spirit bomb thing that went on at the end to like get it over the top and yeah, it was a huge deal top. at the time and then literally like a, i want to say it was maybe a couple of weeks or maybe not even that long before nintendo straight up was like no it's not gonna happen mm-hmm. um which was really just really odd, you know, because it had been there before and just why is Nintendo doing all these things? I don't know if it was because 
four or ultimate or excuse me yeah four was coming out around the time mm-hmm. so but yeah they want to have the main game out and exactly that's where they yeah. want their player base to be it's it's similar so i understand that logic because uh you want to you want to have like a consistent and healthy player base mm-hmm. right so like when when games are making you know multiplayer online or something you don't want to have too many playlists because then your uh your audience gets too spread out so we'll just use Halo as an example. Mm-hmm. You know, if you'll have like, you know, 20% playing ranked, 20% playing you know, free for all, 20% playing this, 20% playing this. Whereas like if you have the only two playlists, you still have like a, a fairly healthy player base in whatever mode that you play. Gotcha. If there's only two of them. Like with Smash Brothers, it's like, how do you play Smash Brothers? Smash Brothers. Like items on, items off. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. the only game that you guys should be caring about is the current release. one. So since 4 is about to come out, stop playing Project M because... I could understand that it might affect sales. If people are just wanting to play like the old games, it could definitely impact sales for the new game, which that, that does make sense. But I mean, fucking Summit for, for Melee still gets like 50, 60,000 viewers. Oh, mm-hmm. right, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. I think, yes, Devil Dad, I understand why companies, and like, I, it's like a, about image control, product control, right? Like, there is like, I could imagine that if I put made a game, you know, and like millions of dollars has been put into it and you have someone else and you're, I mean, while a lot of it's cool, you have other people using your assets and your property and, you know, making different modes or selling it in different ways. And you might not necessarily agree with all that, but even then, even then, even in the most stupid obscene ways that you could manipulate content, like even that's good. I feel like it's good press. It's good marketing. It's good for the Super game. Super good press. And I think that that kind of freedom, I, I've, I've never seen an instance to this date, to my knowledge, where any sort of modding or any sort of like community-driven um, like pl- tools or plugins like that hurts the game. Yeah, so I think one other thing that I'll, I'll, I'll make a point to, and this is just playing devil's advocate. So... I'm sure a lot of people will be salty. First, firstly, I'm pissed at Jagex. They shouldn't have done that. But the reality is there's definitely things that we as the community, the consumers, that we don't know. Uh, I think a good way to put it is it's like anytime that there's like an issue in the game. I feel like the I feel like a lot of people try to be designers themselves and offer solutions, but that's not actually the case. Mm-hmm. It should actually be more of like a, a patient doctor uh, relationship. So the dev is the doctor and the patient is the player. So um, just, just give me a game that you like to play. Um, let's go Apex. Okay. So, you know, Bangalore Smoke, it's, it's fucking useless. You guys need to make it outline enemies when, when uh, people are caught in it. That'd be cool. Okay. So it's easy for you to identify the problem. But the fact is you don't know what complications that would have. So... Maybe one of the complications could be the way that they call the outline code. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe there's a lot of other considerations to, to think about. I'll give you an example. The L-Star, which is the energy LMG for, for Apex, a lot of people didn't like to use it because when you would ADS, when you would aim down the site, the bullets, the, the, the energy bolts were too bright. So it was hard to see where you're aiming, especially because it's like a red blast and... They're all red dots. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to tell where you're aiming at, right? And so the community was just like, well, turn it down. Turn down the, the, um, oh, the specularity. I, I don't know. Give, mm-hmm. me, give me the artist term, what it would be. I don't know, the saturation of the light or like something like that. Okay, yeah. yeah. So do that. Okay, well, 
when you do that, you actually fuck with the lighting of the world. And because the lighting of the world is baked, that's going to have a performance impact of some sort. And then things are going to start to look odd. Maybe it's going to cast a shadow that's not good for this volumetric lighting. Mm-hmm. It's going to fuck up the game. So that's like an example of a player being able to identify the issue. Like you go to the doctor is like, dude, my knee's fucked up. You're not going to tell the doctor how to fix it. Mm-hmm. The doctor knows best how to fix it. Yeah, for sure. It's like, you know, the, the physi, uh, um, physiologically, like all the systems in the game is like the physiology of uh, the human body. There's like 13 systems that all work together to keep you going. Yeah. And there's like a, how many X systems in every game that like make the game. But like, exactly. I get what you mean 100%. Yeah. So it, sure. it's just hard for the player to give the solution. Mm-hmm. They probably have a lot of really good solutions, but in reality, the the implementation of it is not what they think because they don't know what the pipeline is like. They don't know what kind of performance impacts it would be. So maybe if they release this RuneLight HD, there's like some kind of issue that it causes with server callbacks or something. Who the fuck knows? That's something that we don't know. Uh-huh. So I'm trying to play both sides of the coin. I'm still fucking pissed though. I think that's stupid the way they did it. But I understand why. My take is fuck Jagex. Hey. That's there fine. It is. There That's it is. Fine. We're all we're in accordance then. Okay, so we can drop that for now. Mm-hmm. Right. The main thing that we want to talk about, Robert, go ahead and lead us off. What, uh, what are we What are we talking about today? What are we supposed to be hyped for? Because I certainly am not. So, um, in the month of August, we had the um, the big Pokemon showcase that essentially went ahead and um, showed off the new Diamond and Pearl remake. Um, Pokemon Legends of Arceus, which is going to be like this Breath of the Wild like Pokemon shit. RPG. Um, and I mean, I think this would be a good time to kind of talk about Pokemon in the current context of like its previous games. And I mean, full disclosure, I didn't really play through Sun and Moon. I saw a lot of gameplay. My little brother played through it. I watched him play it. Uh, I just didn't play through it from start to finish myself. But I heard I've heard a lot of criticisms of the Pokemon game since like I want to say like Black and White is when it started to be like. Eh. And then as, what particular criticisms? I mean, it's just the transfer to like. It's like the departure from the, the game's got easier, right? Uh, the game's always been. They definitely easier. made it more accessible. No. Okay, the ones from the '90s, the ones that we grew up playing, mm-hmm. yellow was fucking hard. Yeah, because you saw it with Pikachu, and the first gym is fucking Brock. Yes, for sure. But like, since I feel like since Diamond and Pearl, I want to feel like the game has been like fairly accessible. But I mean, actually, in Omega Red, I remember in Omega Ruby and um uh. Sapphire, Alpha Sapphire, Alpha, yeah, yeah, Alpha Alpha Sapphire. Sapphire. Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. Um, that sounds right. There was like a post game that I really liked. I played the shit out of that game, and I remember the post game in that game was actually pretty cool because you had fights and instances of um, the game that went up to like level seventy or eighty, which had not been done before. Is that the Battle Tower? No, it was like an, an actual. So essentially, for that one specifically, it was a camp. It was like a post game. Uh, sequence that explained like kind of like a multi universe. That's what they do theory. now. Yeah, before it was always like there was post game stuff you could access if you knew how to get to it. But mm-hmm. now it's just like it's like baked into the game, mm-hmm. like the main storyline. Gold and Silver had the best post game after oh, the yeah. Elite Four. I mean, we'll get I mean, to that. We'll talk about all of them. Okay, okay, okay. So why we're talking about it now is because we've seen a lot of buzz and we have our own opinions on um, kind of like uh, the remakes of Diamond and Pearl, but mostly Legends of Arsis and um kind of what we've seen so far so uh let's all let's all just talk we'll talk about legends of arsis we'll talk about legends of arsis first then we could talk about um the diamond and pro remakes there's not much of, to talk about robert uh, all right well start us off brother there okay. it is i need to find a trash can because yeah. that's uh, here i'll 
if I had a trash can, I would actually bring it out here because that's what I think it looks like. So when I first saw the gameplay for it, oh, you should look up when they re revealed the that they were doing Legends of RCS. Find find out like when the that first video trailer? got trailer. Yeah, like the first um, trailer when they had like the the PowerPoint frame um, animations. Time I, I oh, that was my favorite. I respect the departure from the norm, though. I always have to respect the departure from the norm. Not if it's shit. We don't know that yet. Yeah, that's my thing. Too. We don't know that yet, but visually, as as like a game artist or from Six what I've learned, okay. I will say it's there's definitely room to be concerned. So you're you're you're, the, you're an artist mm -hmm. and a very good artist. You're familiar with the term vertical slice. Yes. This is this is the slice that we want to show the world to show how awesome it is. It is mm -hmm. a very high polished point in the game. Mm -hmm. And this is so for those of you that don't know about like how the gaming industry works or like the processes like. Normally, the way that the, um, the, way that the segments are is you're going from pre-production, which is like idea generation, you're getting everything down, paper, paper prototypes, etc. Blue sky. Yeah, blue sky. Then you go into production, which is when you're building the assets. Then you go into alpha, which is everything is made, but there's still a lot of bugs. Then you get to beta, when all those bugs are supposed to be done, all the assets are supposed to be made. And then there's ZBO, which is zero bug um, output, or z zero bug uh, something. But that's essentially when the game is done. Along the way during uh, production, they focus in on a particular slice of gameplay or footage that just looks highly polished. And it's typically the thing that you would show during E3 or something. This is, that's what they showed. Mm -hmm. You want to tell me that that's, the, that's what their vertical slice target was? You want to tell me everyone in Game Freak, fucking Miyamoto, people at Nintendo were like, motherfucker, this looks great. Let's show the world. So what you see is obviously. I, I, I feel like it's either uh, some form of style that they're going for some like wash Ghibli-esque textures for the trees and the, and the vegetation. Um, you saw like frame rate drops during like battles, um, kind of like barren backgrounds during like the, the, um, the Pokemon fights themselves. Not, nothing like too vivid or so uh, from what people have seen, there's not like in the concept is really um, exciting, but like, aesthetically and like it's just it's not necessarily what we would expect from like a presentation of like a do new, you know who uh, the game. publisher is of pokemon Maybe isn't it just game, game is it nintendo i think it's just yeah no, or yeah. the pokemon company which is owned by nintendo yeah okay so, it would be so pokemon company did they, did they make breath of the wild did nintendo oversee that nintendo i believe was like the publisher and the dev for breath of the wild so what the fuck happened well, Pokemon Company is like a Yeah, the publisher thing. just says Nintendo and the Pokemon Company. Yeah, so they know what a good vertical slice looks like, which I was agree. the first gameplay of Breath of the Wild, which looked great. Mm -hmm. And like, you can't help but compare this game to Breath of the Wild because it's like, you know, there's just so many similarities, right? You see, we didn't online. even know what Breath of the Wild would really be at the time to mm -hmm. compare it to. That's it still look nicer. I will agree. I will agree. But this I definitely is the first game on the Switch. Yeah, the first game. Yeah, for sure. I definitely like. How long has the Switch been out? Five years? Uh, 2016? I want to say, or 2017, um, as I'm looking at I it think up. it's 2016 that it got the announcement trailer was, and it might have come out in 2017. I'm looking up everything. I'm like, how to buy one, except let me just type in Wikipedia. <laughs> but anyways, um, I mean, we didn't even know like at the time that, I mean, again, watching the trailer, it did look great, but even knowing that at the time that it was going to be what we kind of know it as now to compare yeah. it to in terms Logan of other games. Game. March 3rd, 2017. By the way. 
Uh, it's not looking good. You were telling me that looked great. Yes. So you like, were like super high. I, I remember reading some comments like, well, wow, this looks great. So I feel like this is a symptom of um, kind of, and again, they go hand in hand. This is a 3D Pokemon game. It's a departure from the norm. And I feel like the fact that if you look at Game Freak's um, game, like the release history over the course of the last like four or five years, they've definitely put out some non-Pokemon titles that, there was like this little town RPG thing where like the hero for this town and like it looks very Pokemon-esque, but um like you have all these games that I've seen like were got like pretty average reviews and it's I feel like practice for these Pokemon titles. But even looking at some of the environments and how the 3D Pokemon titles have been handled, they seemed kind of barren, lackluster. It's like it's like got the same kind of like uh, structure as like a 2d game where it's like you have grass here and one tree here and one tree there and one tree here and it's like the same kind of methodology for developing levels and realms in 2d but like they translate it to 3d and it doesn't necessarily add up one-to-one -one because you have these patches that just end up being empty and not looking that great and instead of focusing on like a 3d it, it, it looks like their 2d environment artists are building 3d environments and like they're still kind of learning what's up I couldn't agree more. If so, when I was in graduate school for game design, their vertical slice video that they revealed to the world looks like an RPP project that we did in about two weeks. So RPP is rapid prototype production, mm -hmm. where you just get together with a very small team, like five or six people, two programmers, two producers, like two artists, and you just put a game together. That's what that looks like. It looks like a bunch of grad students fresh out of school were like given some pokemon assets and get to use unreal engine and they were just like let's put it together let's just throw something together and that's all it is and you can't help but recognize that like nowadays there are so many tools for map generation asset generation things like pokemon have been done so many times that like there's no way you could struggle with making 3d models of these kind of things because like it's just been so done in every single way so it's just like for something for something so prominent in popular culture to not look the way it should is I get it. It's jarring. I understand why it's kind of like a really it's a red flag for the production of the game because it's like this. It's like if a Mario game came out and like it looked like shit. Yeah. Well, like, let's take Paper Mario, for instance. That was a departure from the norm. Right. It was a it was a a Mario RPG had been done at this point, but it was fucking paper. 2D yeah, it was Mario. like a spiritual successor to Mario RPG mm -hmm. from, from the Super Nintendo. Yeah, like yeah. That. that game was a banger, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, but, um, you know, when you saw trailers for Paper Mario, I'm sure people probably had their criticisms, but, like, I remember watching Paper Mario as a kid and being like, this looks really cool, and it's different, but you could tell there was polish, and, like, they had an idea. Same and with, like, theme, the yarn game. And they the Yoshi game? It. Oh, yeah, the Yoshi yarn game. Oh, was Wooly World? Yeah, Wooly that, World. That's a departure, and it looked great, too. Mm -hmm. But, um... Tell me, so how much money do you think Pokemon has made? Oh, and then you you look up the look up you look up the amount. I want I want Robert to guess. Oh much. God, um, like all of Pokemon, like the entire like I don't know, just just how much? Yeah, all time. I don't know, man. Probably close to like a couple billion. I'd say like three, four billion. Okay, well, tell tell us tell us the answer, Vega. I'm looking it up. Um, Probably gonna take me a minute though. We've had this talk before where it's like, okay, I remember it's getting so, brought up and it's like the, the media franchises. Look, which, man, they got the money. Oh, 100%. They can make them fucking movies and those actually look really cool. Sometimes it's not about the money. Sometimes it's just making sure you have the right people in the right place. Okay. Like, Every single investor in Nintendo will hard disagree with you. Yes, it's about the money. Come on. I mean, uh, well, listen, I mean, this might be thinking too much into it, but like, we don't know, we don't know what the workforce in Japan is like right now, kind of the way. So we are really pop, we are 
I think really lucky in the West in terms of game design because we have access to Unity and Unreal, which we can use in uh, the education uh, in college to learn how to make games. Where in Japan, I don't think that these tools are used as, I don't think that necessarily game design is used or maybe taught to the same level as it is here in the West. This, this checks out because this hat says Tokyo, so he must know. <laughs> he I'm going to butt in here. It's, it's an estimated $105 billion. Oh. Um, so there's a revenue breakdown. My uh, bad. On Wikipedia, that's what I'm going through. There's mm-hmm. a revenue breakdown. this is breakdown. what RCS looks like? Um, <laughs> ironically enough, it has an estimate of like all the different things. Like licensed merchandise is like $81 billion. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. I mean, billions a lot. Exhibit Video a. games is twenty-three billion, <laughs> but there's a, there's one here for jet aircraft sales for three million. There's a Pokemon plane. There is, is that a real thing? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a, a couple Pokemon, Pokemon planes. planes. Yeah, I think Japan, that's hilarious. Japan has some wild shit out there. Okay. But. If I can, if I can interject here, I think a big thing too though is that Game Freak, and we see this. I feel like today nowadays with just how I feel like homogenized some games are. It's more of like how much you can get out of it nowadays, rather than like. I feel like maybe not what you put into it, but for example, if you look at the original Pokemon and you see the amount of like, you know, um, I don't want to say effort, but you know, it just the, the feeling like of playing Pokemon for the first time and then like playing a Pokemon game like from today, mm-hmm. you know, it's a huge, completely different because it's, oh, we've made this thing already. We've done it so many times, you know, like how do we do another one? And I feel like RC, did you guys ever play Sword and Shield? No, I thought it was shit. I, I saw Gene. I've watched, I sat on the couch while Gene was playing through okay, it. So Sword Pokemon and Shield, stand. when it first came out, had a lot of like criticisms. Um, a lot of big things, like there was pop-up whenever you would like be riding your bike or something. Pokemon would just like pop-up. Um, whenever you would like climb on a, a ladder, the whole entire world would just freeze around you. There's a lot of these jarring things that people quoted out for. And a lot of the things was, oh, um, this is the first game, mainline Pokemon game on a system, on a home console, if you want to call Switch a portable system, whatever. But why, you know, what happened to, with Zelda getting Breath of the Wild and now this is what we get? It kind of felt like more of like a shoe in more than like actually putting effort into it. Mm-hmm. And it feels like Sword and Shield was really like a proof of concept for Arceus, just in terms of how the way it's laid out in terms of like the open world, Pokemon popping up and in. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm a huge, I will say I'm a huge Pokemon fan. I, I went into it expecting not to like it it's not that i didn't like it i i, I like it but mm-hmm. like it's not my favorite one obviously um but i don't know man it's just the trailer did look a little concerning especially like a the animation little? that was that was the big thing to how me. can you say that looks a little concerning animation <laughs> i always think about that oh god it's, there's no question that it looks concerning and it comes out this year mm-hmm False. It comes out next year, actually. Actually, look at so. January, I think. January at the end of January. It comes out this year. So I, I honestly putting it, bringing it up that way, where it's like you think of, I mean, Legend, let's take Breath of the Wild as an example. The people who have been making Zelda, there's probably generations of individuals who have been working on Zelda main titles that have been 3D adventure platforming games for the better part of 20 years and multiple remakes like there's a dedicated core team that have been making Zelda games and if they want to depart like Breath of the Wild was a departure yes but that wasn't like visual style and I guess the structure of the game but at its core still the same game and then bringing up that Game Freak for the better part of 20 like 25 years you know they were just like a 16-bit Pokemon studio to like three small chibi 3D assets for DS. And I know now... they definitely didn't plan for that whole Pocket Monsters thing to blow mm-hmm. up though, like it did, being the literal biggest, highest-grossing media franchise of all time. But 
Yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's probably a lead there that is like trying to hold on to like I don't know. It's I just feel like Pokemon just it's it just feels too like juvenile or like yeah. they have an idea for a Pokemon 3D should be, and I don't think it lines up with what at least like the West would want. But I mean, yeah. I I say this and I recognize you just read out that Pokemon is an like 89 billion. Like it's obviously what they're doing works. They're 105. 105 billion dollars. What they're doing works. They're gonna make money. There's people. You know, Pokemon stand. Are you gonna buy Legends of Arceus? Yeah. I'll probably buy it too. I'm not. Uh, well, that's fair. I mean, I guess I could go to pup like a store right now and just buy some trash bags. It's probably gonna be like the exact there same thing. Um, so, but so, what do you think is the target audience for RCS? I mean, give, give me like a, a psychographic. It's been said. I've said it. I've, been, I've heard it a bunch of times. I feel like there really isn't any different target audience than compared to their other Pokemon games. I, I haven't. I just can't buy Pokemon games because the same thing happens. Except for Omega Ruby. And when I got Omega Ruby, that was the last one I played through completely. I've bought all of them since, like the Let's Go, um, Let's Go, that one was fun. Pikachu. It was, it was great, but like I put, I put 15 hours into it and I never touch it again. And that's the way it always goes. 15 hours of, of media. You paid I mean, 60 bucks for 15 true, hours of entertainment. But worth how much I, do you pay for a movie ticket for like two hours? True. This is true. But, um, I just, I'm always left wanting more from my experience, but it's like you play, you know, a couple hours, 10, 15 hours of these games, you know what the next 60 is going to be like for the most part. So I think that there are people who want to experience Pokemon as a medium, but not through the traditional pathway. Because again, I probably wouldn't spend money on another Pokemon game unless there was rapid development, like maybe like a couple iterations from now there's so much new stuff that i would play like sit down buy it and play through the whole thing and have fun because of my lack of touching the medium but the fact that there's a game that does not follow the 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 uh, classic formula and still provides you the me- like the the brand that you grew up with and you like like i fucking love bulbasaur like yeah, i love pokemon. iteration isn't pokemon a bad thing cool. we we talked about it on the last podcast mm-hmm. that you know you damn you said it you damn if you do and then if you don't if you try to do something different everyone's going to get up in arms do the same thing Everyone's going to be up it's in It's such arms. a fine line, though, because, like, there's such a razor-thin line between new mechanic and gimmick. Well, yeah, I think... Nobody likes gimmicks. I, I think... Everyone loves new mechanics. Everyone hated Gigamaxing, right? Because I thought Mega Evolution... Or Dino... Whatever. And short, yeah, I don't was like Was that the it. big thing? The yeah, they just big, That's really a sword big. And shield gimmick. I thought that the look of it was cool. I thought it was so funny. I thought it was now, so Now, actually stupid. incorporating it into Pokemon itself, I thought was kind of stupid. So but, I'll, say, I'll say this much, um, and maybe we can kind of transfer into, like, talking about, like, maybe the older games leading up to now, but... I will say this much. Back when I was younger, maybe because I was younger, more naive, whenever a new Pokemon game came out, I was always excited that there was going to be something new like it that was, was going to really take me away, you know? Mm-hmm. And I haven't really felt like that since X and Y. Ever since then, every time there's a game that comes out, I'm like more cautious. And that's what I am with Arceus too. I'm more cautiously optimistic for it because I like Pokemon. But I feel like if I didn't, I would probably be in the same boat as you. Like, this is going to look like shit. Mm-hmm. So, um... Yeah, and I haven't really felt like that since X and Y. That was the first time that was on the 3DS, I believe, mm-hmm. right? Um, yes, yeah, that was a big thing. So, I mean, okay, so talking about when the original Pokemon came out, that was, let's see. Can we take a guess? Mm-hmm. I mean, hey. 89? Another, another point is, just quick segue, Pokemon Snap, the remake just came out. That game looks beautiful. It's a lot of fun. And I get that the whole purpose of that game is the aesthetics of everything and taking pictures, but, like, it's a 3D Pokemon game. Granted, not, I don't think it was developed by Game Freak. It's another, it's a different studio. Yeah, it's a third party. It, that did um, it, yeah. But I mean, like, we've had 3D Pokemon that looks good, and we're happy with the product. Pokemon Coliseum. Pokemon, I mean, Pokemon Stadium, not Coliseum. I liked Coliseum. I liked Coliseum, too. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a banger. 
Okay, so when did you say uh, you 89. Came? 89? What do you think? Well, for what? For the original Pokemon. When did it come out? Yeah. Um, probably 90, 91. 91. Okay, so Red and Green, which was the Pocket Masters that was released in Japan, actually came out in February of 96. It didn't actually come to North America until September 28th, 1998. Oh, okay. What am I thinking? It was in 89 then. I don't know. It definitely wasn't that old. Okay. Um, and then later on, like the next year, that's when Yellow came out. Um, yeah, let's talk about let's talk about the first generation a little bit. Well, let's go through it. You know, my first experience with Pokemon was I had my older brother. What um, version did you have? I had so I had Blue because he had Blue, and when he grew tired of the game, it got passed down to me. Okay. And me and Gene shared Blue together. What about you? Did you did you have it? So I actually have like a small story that I would like to tell. Okay. So the, when I was a little kid, my family was like super super poor and the only way i was able to play a pokemon game was when i was in kindergarten and one of my classmates like brought it in and showed it to me and i thought like he brought in a game boy with pokemon and i was like holy shit this is the coolest thing ever because mm-hmm. i was already like video games at that time but then it's not it's what some christmas my mom's boss um was like gracious enough to like buy her uh two game boys one for me and my uh my older brother and i got pokemon yellow nice. and I, I just remember being like a wee little lad. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think it was in '99, so I would have been six. Yellow October 1999. Yes, sir. Yeah, so I, I, I would have been six, mm-hmm. and I remember enjoying the hell out of that game. Um, I forgot what my team was, but everyone was level 100 because I would just beat the Elite Four over and over and over and over <laughs> again. Grind. And then probably my fondest memory, is, and you'll appreciate this, is um, in 2001 after the whole whole trade center thing happened um my parents and i we took a vacation to new york just because we've never been to the city we went to the fucking pokemon center oh man and they had bringing me back they had only at that store it was a limited edition game boy yep that had you know pikachu's cheeks are uh red Mm -hmm. yeah when you turned it on it was his cheek and it's like a little picture of him Mm -hmm. i still have that game boy in like perfect condition Mm -hmm. it's like part of my collection but that, that was before it got turned into, I think it's Nintendo World now. Instead, now it's instead just, of Pokemon Center. I think it's just the something Nintendo like that, yeah. store. It's something. It hasn't been the Pokemon Center for a while, which yeah, is but really depressing. If, but. For, for all my millennials out there who were gracious enough to actually go to that store, did you ever get to go to it? No. I, I, when I went <sighs> Dude, to New York was a banger in 2017, store. I saw the, the Nintendo store is still really cool, but no, yeah, I never it is. got to experience no, it. Have you ever seen like those stereotypical movies where like a kid walks into a toy store and they make it like so like, expose? Like they're like, oh, that was literally me. In that it, store. it was literally like Macaulay Culkin in the second Home Alone like, when he goes into the toy store. Mm-hmm. It's like, what the fuck? I remember, I remember distinctly awesome. back then I had my, my gold and silver. We'll get to that. I had my silver and you could actually go to like the store and you could like put in your your cartridge into like one of the poke the, the game boys hooked up and it gave you yeah like, i never did that it gave you it gave me I ever, mystery I what it, gave, gift. it did it gave me like a, an egg of something and it wasn't it wasn't a legendary i thought it would be it was like an aerodactyl or something but i still thought that, that oh, was a yeah, new yeah, concept yeah, yeah. back yeah, then yeah. like mm-hmm. nowadays you can go to gamestop and they'll give you a code that you could just download from online yeah. but yeah but back then yeah that i could be like oh yeah i went mm-hmm. to the actual pokemon center that was like yeah. such a hard flex when like the kid would come into like class and it'd be like yo i got a there's no social media back and everyone's like what the fuck you like I got, got a you. fucking. How I got a Caputo, and it's like I went to New York. All right, <laughs> I went to the Pokemon Center, and I plugged my shit in and got a Mew, and it's yeah. like, what? I thankfully had a lot of uh, times that I was able to go there when I was younger, just because like living in New York, always going to like that area in Manhattan. But yeah, plus like they man. they also experimented a lot with. Um, I mean, I also hated this, but the the 
the the kids don't know about this uh, these days, but the cable that you would connect to the Game Boy. Oh, the link oh, cable. You could, yeah. yeah, you could trade or you could battle, mm-hmm. and like that's actually how you had to um, involve Haunter into Gengar. Mm-hmm. I think. I think that was. I yeah, think yeah, that was yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Well, there's like a handful of Pokemon that did that, and I, I just thought like all that stuff was really cool. Nintendo was always like super ahead of its time in terms of like the way that they were like designing everything. Well, Back hey, then, at least for common sure. theme here. We, we had attributed a lot of the growth of Halo, talking about it last episode, to the fact that the first game to play it with people, you had four Xbox 16-player mm-hmm. dual yeah. link, and those pods of people that would form, you always had these squads of 16, and if you were like at like 11 or 12, you would be getting your friends in to fill up the room to get the full 16. And now, I, I agree. I think that a lot of the reason Pokemon got as big as it was is because you had that interactivity with people you had you raise your team you know you had the person raises their team you oh my two god fight i would always, always go to somebody you want to battle mm-hmm. or you want to trade like bro that was the move yeah like, that was so yeah. cool mm-hmm. and I, I never all, all my pokemon also only had like attacking moves mm-hmm. like yeah. I, yeah. I never had like swords dance i didn't what know any of that shit any of this yeah stuff. i didn't yeah. do any damage i'm not having exactly, exactly. It's fucking stupid why would i have this why moment? do i need to protect myself for t- although that came from a later time but yeah, okay like, just like exploring and all all the um in yellow like going to the cave with the the three birds Mm-hmm. That was really good post game uh-huh. after you beat the Elite Four and the champion. What it was always known for Mewtwo's Cave. That yeah, was also a banger. Really that was big. Um, and then I, let's just transfer over to the the next game, which was Gold and Silver, which is actually my favorite. Yeah, game. that was a big deal for me. So Same. that came out in October fourteenth of two thousand. So a year later after Yellow. Yeah, and then so I think another thing that contributed to my love for Pokemon as a youngling was um, Pokemon Stadium when you had like the cartridge, cartridge oh, that could plug yeah. into like, a controller mm-hmm. yep. into this and like yep. I could bring my Pikachu in yep. you could to, play it to, on the, yep. to the battle and it was the only Pokemon in the game that said its name instead of it having like the noise yeah like, like but it mm-hmm. was specific to the to the um, Pokemon yellow so like if you got Pikachu in Stadium like you picked them from there it would do like it's normal cry. Pokemon mm-hmm. cry yeah but if you imported yours from yellow, yeah, yellow from yellow, you would say okay. Pika Pika, yeah, which oh, is yeah. pretty. I did not know that. Yeah, cool little Easter eggs. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but like going over to uh, gold and silver, I I have just the fondest memories because I actually remember like as a little kid thinking, "Wow, this Elite Four was kind of easy." Mm-hmm. Because the the power creep in that game, I think the Elite Four, the first Pokemon that you face in the first person, was level forty. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which is it's really not low. not very high at all. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's why when like I beat it, like I I was still a kid, so I still still think it took me a long time to do. Mm-hmm. But I just remember like thinking like, oh yeah, that was cool. And then it's like, hey, come to this ferry and we'll talk. We'll take you to an island. I'm like, okay, here's a cool island. And it's like, you're in Palatown. And I'm mm-hmm. like, or where, wherever it takes you. Yeah. To. So you was you would you would take the what's the what's the name of the main city? Is it New Barktown? I think it was. In the, the like the Palatown of Gold and Silver, yeah, yeah, New Barktown. So there was there was a there was a river there that you could surf on, mm-hmm. and you could go to a cave, and this cave couldn't yes. open until uh-huh. you were the champion of the Elite Four. And then the guy's just like, "Oh, okay, I'll move." You go through. You couldn't even use Waterfall yet because you mm-hmm. have to use that in order to go through. And then when you go through, there's literally just an NPC that you talk to. Me. He's like, "Oh, hey, you're in Kanto," and you're like, "What?" And no, seriously, like the yeah. entirety of pretty much the first you know, of, of red, blue, yellow that we know it mm-hmm. was inside of gold and silver. Like what a brilliant move. I, I was so I like, agree. even now, like it kind of gives me chills when I think about it, but like, what a brilliant move. Dude. Oh man. It was, that was so like, crazy. You're going. So I didn't expect that. at you all. You have increased graphical fidelity animations. The sprites don't Brand just new Pokemon. Yeah, they don't just translate new moves. Yes, exactly. At that time, I think it was 255 
for the max because it was originally 151. Yep. Yes. And uh, then they added like another uh, hundred some, I think. A fuck ton. Yeah. So I, I think I think Golden. Golden so Silver it's was like you were able to. I don't want to say you were able to re-experience the game you just played and you loved, and you just played the next installment of it. And you're like, wow, fucking uh, Johto is great, and now you get to experience Kanto as post-game in a brand new light. And it's like it's such a great reusing of content. But it wasn't even like a post game. It was like you weren't even done with the game. It was like true. Yeah, it it is part of the main campaign because it was but... like way harder too. Because then when you when you fought the elite four, I think it was an indigo fight too again. Um, yeah, you could fight the champion, and then you could go fight red. They were like super. Oh yeah, we'll talk about red. Yeah. But like red, but I mean like even then they were super high level compared to what they were the first. But like I think the that's 40s brilliant because you don't necessarily have to re reinvent the wheel there. It's like you know what this entire part of the game is going to look and feel like. It's already been designed. You just got to bring it up to date. But the player gets a lot of value there because you have an entirely different uh, roster of Pokemon to use that you've used to this point. Now you have access to uh, Kanto, and Kanto had, like, new Johto Pokemon in it as well. There were new areas that you could explore as well. Um, so it's, it's like you got to experience the greatness of Pokemon in a brand-new light again. And, like, that game was easily 80 to 100 hours. They added time. 100 new Pokemon in Johto, so it went from 151 to 251. Yeah, so I, I want to call out, like, a really brilliant design thing that they did for Gold and Silver 2. So... Think, think about what those design discussions would have been like because you know that your target audience is like very young, right? But how are we going to communicate to them? Because they don't have the internet. They don't have like videos or anything like that. They don't have fucking Prima. specials Prima Prima games. that come out. Oh, I with, used to love those guys. Yeah, with mm -hmm. Sakurai saying like, hey, this is Banjo-Kazooie. This is how you play him. He's in development. You, know, you didn't have any of that shit. So it was just you had to figure out that you could get over there mm -hmm. and... If it, I don't remember if that's exactly how you did it, but using that example, in New Barktown, there's a reason they made that lake look like you could go somewhere yep. and not blocked off mm -hmm. because Nintendo was always really good at encouraging exploration without penalty. And like you as a kid, would, with those games, you would just naturally want to explore with it because it's, it's, it's branching paths, right? So like if you wanted to go from you know, New Barktown to like the next city, like there, there's, a, there's a hard progression for the story but like you can kind of go explore wherever you want with like some light at the dates. end of the game though once you beat it it puts you back yeah. in your house though which right. kind of leads you there because i remember like i didn't even remember seeing that there until i went back and i was like oh hey i can surf now like but yeah like that, that's that's what i'm saying is i i think it's brilliant that they were able to figure that out because that th those design questions haven't been answered yet until they did it right so it's like how do we make sure you know a seven-year-old knows that you can get to Kanto by the time you finish the game. Because I'm sure there was a lot of people that were like, all right, well, I beat the champion, so I'm the champion now. It's like, yeah, it's like, oh, well, here, let me just do a little bit of exploring. I remember that was that little lake in uh, the starting town. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's a reason why when you beat the champion, you get, you get taken back to your hometown to try and, like, bridge that together. Exactly. Those are really, really good design choices, choices. to make because... It encourages the whole game encourages exploration, but being able to like guide a user, like a very young user too, like seven to ten year old, that they can get there, that's just really, really brilliant design. Mm -hmm. And again, the jump in fidelity, right? You had very uh, pixelated, like monocolored grayscale 
version of the yeah, Pokemon. Yeah, because the original Pokemon was on the Game Boy. It wasn't yes. even on the Game Boy Color. To now, it's uh, gold and silver, I believe, were still kind of like, they were like, it wasn't black and white. It was like sepia colored. It was yeah. like, it wasn't really the crystal that they added. It like, was like more shades of brown and green. It, it wasn't would, it necessarily was, yeah, yep. crystal was when they had full like 16 bit or 32 bit color range. Mm. So crystal, everything was colored. I remember crystal for sure changed for red the and game. blue though. I know like if it was red or blue, there was mm-hmm. definitely like a tinge. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a tinge of red entire, or blue. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and and like the same thing kind of existed in gold and silver, but it was like, it wasn't color accurate, but you had different shades. And then crystal mm-hmm. was the first game that like, I think all the Pokemon sprites had multiple animations at that point. They all got updated from, I believe, their gold and silver versions, and everything was in full color. So you got full representations of what the colors were, what they were, how they moved, how they sounded, all that stuff. And like even progressing into Ruby and like future games, I feel like you always had like a really big jump. But as you look at the previous iterations, I feel like I feel like the look or the jump in what the Pokemon look, it's it's not as uh it's not as like whoa as before where like, you know, we you literally saw like a Pikachu with like a of a hundred pixel density to like a hundred to like a thousand in color. And yeah, yeah. Then you saw you kept going and then you had like fully rendered like, you know, two D sprites. And then of course seeing it in three D is cool. Um, but like once you have a three D model, how do you really push that, you know? Like So from from your artist's perspective, what what Pokemon game do you think has the best uh, Pokemon design? Design? Because mm-hmm. I remember reading something uh, not too long ago that they tried to simplify the designs of a lot of Pokemon. Because like, in the first generation, they, like, the, the, the article was pointing out how their feet looked. Mm-hmm. So like how Pidgey and Pidgeotto's and Pidgeot's feet looked like. It looked like an actual bird. It but now like they look more detail. cartoony. It, mm-hmm. It's simpler shapes now. Just to be, let's uh, just easier to make, I guess. I I feel this is my opinion, but I feel like Johto and Kanto together are like the most cohesive and well designed. I think lot. so too. But personally, I like Ruby and Sapphires the best and Emerald. Uh, I feel like. So then let's move on to Gen Three then. Mm, so I I, I like those games. There was definitely a different look with the Pokemon there. I feel like they gave everything a little more edge. It looked definitely looked different. I remember yes. thinking like, wow, this this just. Like it's You're talking about in, in Gen three. Yes. In Gen three, in Gen- well, you have to also, all, yeah, you have to also remember this is the first time they were on Game Boy Advance. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, so, Super Nintendo time. So Ruby and Sapphire came out in March eighteenth of two thousand three. Mm-hmm. By Red and Leaf Green, which were remakes of the original uh, Red awesome. and Green. Love those games. Um, those, yeah, great games. That came out a year later on September seventh, two thousand four, and then Emerald. Which I played so much. I loved Emerald. Uh, April thirtieth, two thousand five. You know those games still go for like so much money online, Emerald, because it's like the one well, place. Well, you can't play Emerald. Like, there's no remake of that game. Like, well, yeah, but I know there's like that's like the one place you can only do like specific things, and it's because of that. Um, I know that <laughs> just as like a joke, somebody put a couple. Maybe it was like a year or two ago. Somebody put like a big huge infographic on like how to tr- how to properly and legally transfer things like pokemon from one game to like another and it's like you can but you need all of these like it's really asinine you're like you need like all these different pieces and parts stuff that doesn't even exist anymore it's oh my gosh it's so funny no because i remember before pokemon this is a little segue but before they had pokemon home or before the internet was incorporated in pokemon per mm-hmm. se like they always had a some way to get like pokemon from the previous game i think except for red and blue but they yes. always had a way from you could transfer them at least from generation to generation yes. they I, killed that at some point too right like you weren't able to transfer your pokemon i don't remember where it was i know so i know in diamond and pearl there was pal park 
Because you have the DS, you could just put the, yeah, the GBA so you put game the, in there. The GBA game in, and whatever you could get like a party of Pokemon or whatever, and then you go through this mini game, and then you can catch them in your. And game. then I think with like, so then it was Diamond and Pearl. I think, and then what was after that? Black and White. I think mm-hmm. you could trade to them, but you couldn't trade backwards. There was like I remember in one of the games there features. was there was a Safari Zone that you uploaded your Pokemon. That from was the Pal previous Park. Game. That was Pal Park. That was Pal oh, Park. Shit, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I want to say wasn't it? It probably wasn't until Pokemon Home that they actually like officially nixed it. Um, Pokemon Ranch was a thing, so I think oh, if man. you wanted to get um, DS games to like an, another version of a DS game, you would upload the game to Pokemon Ranch, and then like Pokemon Ranch was compatible with the next DS installment, so you needed a Nintendo Wii to do that. Uh, there was game couldn't getting Pokemon out of Pokemon Coliseum. You needed. Um, the adapter you needed either the oh, Game Boy Advance yeah. adapter for your GameCube or some weird cable that you would connect to. Your, it was like a the controller for a GameCube, and then it yeah. connected to the back of your Advance or SP, so that you could. Tran- that was the only way you can get Johto Pokemon, and like yeah, you could uh, only get uh, Jafari or Jafari. Jafari, <laughs> <laughs> who the, what the fuck? Hell? It's what a J, isn't it? Jirachi. Jirachi. Oh my oh, god. Yeah. Jafari. From, uh, from Pokemon. Yo, uh, someone out there, can, can, we, can you make a Jafari? Can you make a Jafari Pokemon that looks okay, like Okay, okay, okay. But getting, getting back to like Ruby Sapphire. Okay, so like. Okay, Gen 3. I, what, was, what would you say is like. Okay, so I would always say there's a new gimmick or thing that they added mm-hmm. on for Gen 3 um, or for, for each generation. For Gen 3, what do you think it was? I know something that's, that stood up for what? Double battle, right? Double battle, fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's very true. That was the first iteration of that. Something that stuck out to me, though, this is the first time that I felt like there was actual. There were version differences before, but in this one, I know the narrative was driven by different teams. Mm-hmm. So I think on Ruby, it was like Team Magma. And oh, Aquas yeah, Team Magma, Team Aqua. Because yeah. they had different Pokemon, and the Pokemon actually played into the story of the game, like Groudon or Groudon, however you say it. Mm-hmm. He wanted to make, like, they wanted to make him dry up all the Earth's oceans. Yeah. And then Kyogre was... Was the opposite. The they ocean. wanted to make the entire world an ocean or something like that. So, like... And then, obviously, you had Fire, Red, and Leaf Green. What was what was the post-game thing that they had for that? Um, I actually... Sevi Islands or something yeah, like that? Yeah, it, it was, was like the, the, the islands that... That was uh, the whole um, story with... Um, Deoxys, Deoxys yes, and yep. the Unknown, and how they're linked together. Exactly, which was the with mythical Pokemon for that generation. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Double Battles was a big thing. I mean, isn't VGC and, like, a lot of mainline pokemon gc compatible comp- okay the video game whatever they call it oh my it. god yeah okay so sl- slight sidebar because you brought that up to me there was at one point where i would be working at my job and he would be working at his job <laughs> and we would what, pokemon what? showdown <laughs> we'd be playing <laughs> it against each other yep showdown was so much fun we got some if, diligent workers if you oh, yeah. if you guys have never played showdown it was it was a lot of fun <laughs> just because like I, I forgot what I think we would just play like all all generations doubles, all random yeah, yeah random yeah. yeah and and we would we'd get some shit <laughs> dude I remember one game I got nothing but like you got like fucking, a shuckle and like a yeah like I got a metapod shit. and I got he like gets a like fucking and yeah. like a sweet coon he got like all the so legendaries funny. and I got like my fucking might yena it's like <laughs> dude I got bodied but shout out Pokemon Showdown oh, um man. but hey community driven uh, application another community driven. Take notes, Jagex. Fucking, I'm not. We've I'm, come I'm, full I'm, circle. I'm pop off yeah, too hard. Um, but so, anyways, the 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 new mechanic that they would have, yes, double battle for sure. I think they added some like passive. Side oh, they added the contest mode. Uh, that's not really the contest used. mode. Yeah, contest. yeah, like but that was a big thing. You had you you could only you could only evolve some Pokemon. Like what was it? Was it Love Disc or something in a Milotic? You could only. 
the only way you could evolve it was by having max beauty. So you had to farm like berries that raise its beauty oh, yeah. for like these cons. Yeah, I they, never they, did they that, always, but they always had stuff like that. But they um, they had like different battle things like intimidate, which is like it reduce uh, when a Pokemon has it. I think it's called their abilities. Yeah, yeah, abilities, right? yeah, yeah, abilities is what they're called now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like I remember, like I know pressure was one of them. It's like that was the all the legendary. Gets oh, it's like their passive. Often. Yeah, 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 yeah like, like they could sometimes have like a path, different path. Some ability. Pokemon had like a path. Was this the first time that they added special attack and special defense? No, I don't. Was that Gen two? I don't know because I know in Gen one, like, bring, it, bring it up. Oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> Continue. Uh, special attack and special defense weren't there from the beginning. They were all baked into one stat. Oh. Yeah, but then they separated it. Gotcha. Yeah, into, into special and physical. Um, and then also just the normal defense and attacking uh, defense. There was normally. definitely underwater exploration with dive. There oh, yeah, was, with dive. Oh, yeah. yeah that was, new, yeah. Um, that was grand, a new HM, yeah. New graphical fidelity being on the Game Boy Advance. Mm -hmm. New uh, audio fidelity as well. Mm -hmm. um, so you had really dynamic color range there. You had, like, I feel like, like in Johto... In Johto, it was essentially like diff variations of grassland and mountain and like water area. But like in Ruby and Sapphire, you had like the beach town, you had the ice town, you had um, like the magma town that was in. Um, so you had like a different biome. You had uh, you had the desert town, right? So like you have the desert town. The land of Hoenn consisted of like. It was quite diverse. Essentially yeah. eight different biomes that you would go through. And like the theme of the Pokemon you could find were very much on par with the biome you would find them in, as opposed to where, like, I guess Kanto and Johto kind of had to have more broad design because the biomes that you would find them in weren't necessarily that specific. It would just be like, oh, you're at a lake or an ocean towards the end of the game, so you so can find, like, more intense Pokemon they, here. They also added types to Gen 3, right? Because uh, I don't think Ice was a type. Ice was a type in, I think, Gen 2. Maybe. I think Ice and Steel was added or, in Gen or not, 2. Or not that, um... Oh, what the fuck am I thinking of? Not fairy. Fairy was later on. Fairy, yeah, was, in, was, fairy was in X and Y. You had the inclusion of steel in Johto for sure. Yes. Um, maybe, I think, dark. Oh, dark. Dark was Johto. Because Umbreon, well. Umbreon yes, was yeah, in. You're right. Um, I, I feel like they added a type in Gen 3. Maybe not. I don't know. Dark and steel was added in Gen 2. Mm -hmm. And okay. then fairy type was introduced in X and Y. Okay. And those are the only inclusions? Those are the newest ones that were added in, correct? So the all your fifteen original were in the original side. So side 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 thing is it since we're talking about types, what type do you think they should add? Ooh, like um, a newest type. Okay, so for I would say alien. Alien? How would that work? I mean, mm. I guess you have fairy, but I never I understood fairy alien, from a typing as yeah, well I, either. Neither did, did I. I also thought it was weird when they changed mm. some Pokemon. Like I think. Clefairy and Clefable, Jigglypuff. I did, yeah. I'm Fair not going to pretend no, but I know at the end of Sun Moon, there were those, what were the name of those Pokemon that were all... The Tapus? The, they or were, the Ultra no, Beasts? The Ultra Beasts. They still have typings, though. And that, but they were all essentially aliens, right? Yeah. And they all had their own specific typings, but they all That's looked true. like... They did not look like Pokemon. But I like, think Alien would be Pokemon. a cool type. Huh? I think Alien would be a cool type. No, that would definitely be cool. I don't think that, hey, Pokemon in space, that hasn't been necessarily explored. We have Deoxys, of course, which was... Yeah, I, was I mean, honestly, there's, there's as, as uh, we can get to it, but as the series has gone on, it's definitely gotten a lot more. I mean, in, in Alpha Sapphire Omega Ruby, don't you like literally go into space in like the post game to like fight Rayquaza or something like that? Is that what that is? I'm pretty sure. Oh, um, really? I think so. Oh, I remember when you fight Arceus in Diamond and Pearl, there's also this like portal that opens I, up. I didn't know you could do that. I didn't know well, how to uh, do that. So Arceus in Diamond and Pearl was actually, it was an event Pokemon. Mm -hmm. um, 
But if you had the thing, yeah, it was like a huge like staircase you had to climb. Yes, it was yeah. an event, but it was something that opened up a part of the game. Yeah. It wasn't like Arceus was just given to you. You yeah. you ascended into the heavens Arceus, and Dark you Cry. Him. Isn't isn't Arceus a god though? I think Arceus is considered to be the god of the Pokemon. progenitor yes. Pokemon. Yeah, yes. like the god. Is that word again? Progenitor. There, yeah. <laughs> Spell check it. <laughs> But because, like, you would find these items throughout the game with called Draco plate or, like, Psycho plate or whatever. Yeah. And if you had Arceus hold the plate, he would become that type. And there was a plate for every single type he? in the game. Oh. 2021. That's great. You're right. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Oh, dragon. <laughs> dragon type. When was that included? That was original. Yeah, that was, was original. original. Really? Yeah. You're yeah. Dragon Dra- Air, Dragon, dragon Knight. Oh, you're yeah. right. You're right. I'm pretty sure the last champion was Dragon type 2, wasn't it? Yeah. He had, like, or three was, dragon or that definitely... Lance was gold and silver. Okay. I was going to say definitely Lance is gold and yeah. silver. Oh, okay. okay. Mm-hmm. I think um, the last one in Kanto was Ghost. I don't know. Agatha. It was all the original. No, Agatha was the second. It was fighting, then Ghost, then. I remember I, Bruno. Bruno was a fighting one. Yep. Champion first, was blue. Sure. I know, in red and blue. Yeah, I just forget like the other. Two. Hmm. Anyways, so I mean, um, yeah. So we had double battles. Yes. Yeah. Um, Abilities was a new thing. Yeah, the, the Pokemon contest, um, like you mentioned. Weather, I think, was a thing that was the yeah, thing they added yeah. in. You yeah. Had oh, yeah, the weather effects. That you yeah. had to navigate they actually through. would, like, boost your move types, or they would, like, you know, buff at your Oh, the fucking... There was uh, hidden rooms or something like that. You find a little rectangle and like a oh, wall. Oh, yeah, you can make a base. And you can make, like, a base. I think yeah. that was an emerald, but yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, that shit yeah. was stupid. Um, I, I like it. I know. I know. These guys are going to like it. I know. I'm not going to spend my time playing a Pokemon game, decorating a room when I can do that myself. But, yeah, okay. So I would say probably, like, Gen 3 is probably the one I used to play a lot the most as a kid. Same. I okay. definitely sunk Just the most from, hours into, Ru- into Ruby and Emerald That was really together. when I started to become more, I shouldn't say serious, but more involved with, like, Pokemon. As sweaty, like, maybe? I guess sweaty. As an overall just series, I really started to enjoy it. Also, another thing, I feel like a really big part of um, Pokemon are the legendaries, right? So, like finding our, the three legendary birds in their respective areas and then Mewtwo yep. himself. Mm-hmm. That was unprecedented in gold and, and silver, right? And then, in, or sorry, in blue and red. And then in gold and silver, they were still at their respective locations, but the gold and silver dogs didn't operate in, on the same basis. Yeah, you, you, had, you had to find them. You had to find They're them. They were running around. Constantly, and the map would update, and you, there was a specific way that you would have to corner them so you could I find thought, them. I thought I had it, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually did end up catching the one that I wanted, but... I literally found out that just running through, like, whenever the route would change, so, like, from Route 101 to, to Route 112 or whatever, I, you could check the map to see where you could find it, and I would literally just run back and forth where this little patch of grass was. And uh, uh, I, think, I think I had a, a mischievous with Mean Look. Mm-hmm. And that's how I got That's Raiko. what you had to do to catch it, to yeah. lock it. Or because you could oh, always yeah. get one attack in mm-hmm. before it would run away. It would run away, yeah. So I, I remember getting a mystery bus with mean look and I could lock it down and uh, I didn't KO him, thank God, because I didn't have a save beforehand. Mm-hmm. And that, that's how I caught Raikou. I always liked the electric dude, ones. Raikou was the best. Dude, he was he so was. cool. He was, he was absolutely the best. Um, but uh, dude, the feeling of just running around and then like you, you need, he just randomly run into one. You're just like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> dude, and I think, it, those moments. I think Crystal, that was when they made it more like they made them more of a... Uh, like a, that was another game that they like made it more about like the storyline. Like mm-hmm. it was yeah, about yeah, going to the dogs. Yeah. So, yeah, another brilliant design decision, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, how do we incorporate this time's le- uh, this game's legendaries? The random encounter. <laughs> I actually, it's a funny story. I remember, um, fucking our brother, our older brother, had Crystal right, and me and my little brother 
when he was at school, we would fucking turn the game on and we would just play as much as we can, but we would never save because we knew that he knew that we played, right? So we would just, wherever he was, he, we would just go as far as we could. But there was this one time we were playing and Suicune popped up and we were like, what the fuck? And we were like, what do we do? Do we just leave it on until he gets home? But then we were like, but if he gets home, he'll know we were playing his game and he'll get super pissed off. It's like, but we found Suicune. This is a big deal. Like, what do we do? And like, you just have like little Gene and Rob just like in this mental agony, like, ah. we ended we ended up just turning it off and like going around. <laughs> oh my God. It's so anticlimactic. Yeah. But I, I remember that being a moment for sure. We were like on the floor of his closet in his room, like, oh my God. That's so funny. What have we stumbled upon? Um, but continuing on that thought, you had uh, the Reggie Rock, um, Reggie Rock, Reggie Ice, Reggie yeah, Steel. I remember, yeah, I, I remember not. I couldn't. Those for the life of me, I could not figure out how to get. I had so to use, I had the, use guide. The, pr- the, pr- the prime guy. Yeah, me too. Because the they guy. actually like mm-hmm. said the uh, the well, braille how code. To that yeah, as a exactly. Kid. Like I, you need to get a Rallin calf and then a. Oh, so, so there, the game does provide for you a codex for Braille uh, in the game. It does, but and so if you if you're really dedicated, yes, the game gives you everything you need to find them and do the thing. This was the first game that I felt like everything was up for you to find, like finding Rayquaza's tower. Mm-hmm. That was never like really spoken about until there was I think one of the Pacific Log mm-hmm. Town. I think it was one. There was like a guy who could like he looks at and he's like it looks like there's a tower out there. But like that's really the only oh because there was like the shack water town pass, yeah and, and that that after was that there was like the river rapids that you have to go and it was like a and it was before that town and that that was the only way you would really know about it is if you like try and explore up there but mm-hmm. you, you need to be obviously in the post game because it doesn't open up oh and you needed the bike that could the like bike. Do the exactly you needed stuff. both bikes the mock, the mock bike the or the, the trick bike or the whatever yeah, exactly mm-hmm. um well that's another good addition the bike, the bike, the bike system, the change, and running. There. Running was another really, really oh, great. That's the big. There, yeah. I knew we forget mm-hmm. something. Running, yeah. the running shoes, fucking walking around. But look everywhere. at all that quality of life stuff that one game implemented, right? Mm-hmm. And again, you have a constant, like I feel like a matched pace in terms of upgrading the look of the game, the vibe of the game. What are we adding to it? You know, in terms of the fighting mechanics, new moves, new passive abilities, mm-hmm. right? And this is, I kind of, this is kind of where I feel like the game started to really become cemented in what it would be. But you still had updates, so. Next would be Diamond and Pearl, right? Yeah, so Gen 4. So Diamond and Pearl came out. And and, and yeah, Diamond and Pearl came out on August 22nd of 2007. I remember that. It was, Played the shit out of this game, too, for I was, sure. I, was like I thought Giratina was really school. cool. I don't, I don't remember liking this one. Platinum came out two years after in March 22nd of 2009. And then we also had Heart Gold and Soul Silver, this one. Uh, Heart Gold and Soul which Silver, came out I played a lot of time. I yeah. played. Heart Gold. So I got in trouble so much at school because I would play a lot during school mm-hmm. um, when that game came out. Bro, I had my fucking, my Pokey Walker on me. Yeah. Oh, I had my Bulbasaur uh, in there. I was fucking doing it. I remember because you could, like, I think you could put a Pokemon in there, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah. Probably back to the Tamagotchi it. days, like back then when I was younger. Yeah, you could so. give it experience as you're walking around. I had that shit. I, I remember, what year did that come out? Was that, was that? Uh, Our Gold Soul Silver? Yeah. It came out 2010. March of 2010. Yeah, I think, I think I did my senior year at high school. Because I remember having it then. Dating yourself on the podcast. <laughs> hey, man. Yeah, okay, I'm getting colonoscopies. Pushing 30. Oh, you're right. Yeah, there it is. It's going to be like that. Um, but yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't play too much. Uh, I, this is where I kind of started to fall off. Because I, I remember thinking uh, the one uh, Kyogre and Groudon were good. And then Gen 4 was just kind of like, well, some of these Pokemon are a little bit questionable. I'm not really liking the design. So yes, I definitely feel like the design so the, i remember diamond and pearl it wasn't quite 3d yet right it was still 2d for the most part well or, this was the first time it was on the ds yes. and it was or was it soft like 2d or like yeah it was it was definitely an upgrade um mm-hmm. in terms of like being just a regular 2d like you were a 3d sprite in like a mm-hmm. 2d world not necessarily more to the effect that so like perfect example if you've seen the the trailer for 
Brilliant, is it Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl? I believe is what the names are for them. Look it up. Um, I believe that's what it's called. Um, they're they're kind of using the same models. Like they're kind of like little chibi looking things. Um, but they're in like a big like 3D kind of generated space. Um, so that was the big thing for that. What else was added into that? Um, in Gen Four. In Gen Four. You had the whole um, underground thing for digging for fossils and gems and different types of um. Like uh, the because like the first gym was like the fossil gym or the rock gym and you could do that on you- the gym mechanics were fun fun I don't remember what gen introduced oh there was that, a, there was a there was a bunch of different like puzzles right yeah I I thought I thought those were usually like kind of fun to do it's like um well, you you run on a, a pad and it, like spin you and you couldn't move and it, you hit a spot and you could choose like which direction to go that's always been there since like um. Was it was it always there? Yeah, there's a, all the gyms had their own kind of thing, you know. I think it got more fleshed out in the second game, where like they were all like themed, and like you had to really every every gym was like a puzzle. It wasn't just like you walk in fight people. I know in that, definitely in Gen One there was some like I remember Lieutenant Surge. Yeah, he, he had, had to like interact all the different. Yeah, to find the, the brain This gym you get teleported around. Mm, yo, um, okay, so that's been in. Okay, never mind. I thought that was like added later on. I don't remember those. I actually pulled up a, an article that kind of says like some new edition. I'm trying to like look at what like important ones are. Who, who were the legendaries for Gen 4? Was so it? it was Dialga. Dialga and Palkia. Was and it then, the three little Mesprit? Yeah, Me Spirit. Oh, Me Spirit, Azelf, and Yeah, Oopsie. I didn't think they were that so, cool. Yeah, this is the first game where I feel like the, the pseudo, like the, the big three of the game were like yeah. weak. Heatran was also like the another Heatran. one that you could he do. He was a soft. He was he was a Pokemon. Yeah. yeah. So and this like, is this is when legendaries. I think Gen Gen three really started like the with Volcano the Regis too. But it was like this mm. is when like they started to make a differentiation between like the mythical Pokemon, which mm-hmm. are like you know legendary Pokemon that you can only get from like events, and then there's like the marquee Pokemon, and then there was kind of like the the legendary Pokemon. They were legendary in a sense you can only get one of them per game, mm-hmm. but like they were kind of you could they were definitely under a tier under mm-hmm. like. Manaphy was a Pokemon that came out in this one. Oh, was was Durant one? Heatran? Durant? Durant. Yeah, look it up. I'm Kevin pretty sure Durant? Durant was one. Kevin Durant? Nah, shout out Katie. <laughs> uh, but no, he, he was like a steel ant. Oh, you're right. He came out in Gen 5. Oh, okay, my mistake. Gen 5. I just remember there being, I just remember the Gen 4 legendaries being very forgettable. Yeah, yeah. Palkia, they my, definitely were. Like, I remember I had Pearl. Palkia definitely was not on the cool factor for yeah. me. Like, I like Lugia. I like Dialga. Was, um, I liked Giratina too. I thought that was, was really cool. cool. Darkrai like, was this game as well, right? Yes, he was. Oh, yeah, Darkrai was another cool one. Yeah, he, he was cool. But the, you're right. The big three I thought were kind of uh, doo doo. And then, like, the pseudo legendaries I just thought were, like, kind of lame. No, I know. No I wouldn't even call them either. big three. They were just more there for, like, storyline. I never used but them. But there was always a big three, though. Like, you had the big, the three birds. Yeah, the elemental cool. dogs. You yeah. wanted to collect all those, all the dogs. You always have your three. You have your roaming ones. What was it in Gen Three? Latios and Latias. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was the oh, random was one that you would encounter, and then roaming. the the three rocks. Gen Four, Reggie Rock, Reggie Steel, Steel, and Ice, and Reggie Ice, and then in this one there was the Heatran was another one. Yeah, I, I just, those are so forgettable. Yeah, there was there was a couple. Um, the definitely the more cooler ones were the mythical ones, though the event Pokemon ones. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I never got like that deep into it with like getting those Pokemon like uh, RCS. This was also the first time I, I think that. that they started adding online stuff because now since the DS had online capabilities, the GTS was a thing. Which, if you don't know, was I forget what it stands for, but it was basically Global you could, trade service. That, that might have been what it is. Um, but if you don't know what it was, it's basically you could put up a Pokemon and you could essentially set like your asking price. Like, oh, I want this Pokemon in this level range. You know, a lot of people would always put hacked mons on there and be like a hacked, you know, like shiny Arceus. And they want like something that you literally cannot get. 
like a level one like was Arceus, but you could do that. Um, was was uh, EV training in uh, in this one, or was it later on? Was it Gen five? Because I remember there's like a little I think, mini game. I think it might have been in Gen three that it, they started with EV. Like the actual Pokemon, mini game. I'm not gonna lie, is you never paid attention to no. okay, IVs well, and I never EVs. Got but they deep. they had a mini game for it in one of the games that you could train up the EVs and IVs. Oh, that was I want to say was that, that was on? in um or is this Gen four? That was I want to say it was Sun and Moon or X and Y. Yeah, that's one of the oh okay. Sure. It was one of the new ones. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I never got in that stuff either. Those like the, the there's even sweats. things like like in Sword and Shield. There's something called hyper training, which automatically like maxes out all of those stats, but you can only use that Pokemon specifically in the battle tower. So weird. What what about Chinese and breeding? Did you get into that that side of Pokemon? Oh. I think I kind of did. Um, in Heart Gold and Soul Silver, I had just like a Ditto and something in the daycare, and I, I had like, a shiny Quagsire ooh. in my in my gold, and I still have it. I remember checking it not too long ago, like mm-hmm. a couple. Two or three years ago, when I was back home, because I remember like thinking like when I caught it, I only I only caught it because I remember seeing Quagsire in the anime, uh, and I was like, what a funny Pokemon! Like him and Wobbuffet, I thought were really funny. So the first one that I ran into in my game, I caught, and I would always notice like this weird swirl. I'm like, what the fuck is that? And it wasn't until later that I realized that. Can you look up the rate of finding a shiny in oh, in Gen gosh. two? In Gen two, yeah, okay. I think it was like Shiny. some insane, like one in like thousand or something. Encounter. Oh, it was more than that, like one in like eight thousand or something. Oh my god! I the only time I ever found a, sh- a shiny in Pokemon, I think it was playing through Ruby. I found a shiny Machop somewhere in like the volcano realm, and I freaked the fuck out. And I think that might be it. I think they introduced shinies in Gen two because it was because that was when they had the red Gyarados. Okay, so it's a one in eight thousand one hundred ninety two chance. By the way, that was the. I, I specifically remember that. It wasn't until I think I want to say let's go Eevee and Pikachu where they added uh, things that you could like reduce that by yeah. like half. Like I think it's if you complete the Pokedex and you get one, and then like something if you do like something that. else. And also because of that game, the nature of it, you could like look for, you could hunt for shinies so much easier. Yep. Um, I remember hunting for a shiny Pikachu in that game in like the Viridian Forest. So um, okay, so actually in Gen Six is when they lowered it to one in four thousand and ninety six. So. So um, they essentially insane. cut in half, but yeah. How do you get a shiny legendary? You even oh my. How do you God. get a shiny legendary? So right form. now, so actually in, in in Sword and Shield, there's the DLC that they had for it, Isla Armor and the Crown Tundra. There's a thing called Dynamax Adventure, where that's their that's gimmick, stupid. Dynamax. But it's kind of like a pseudo s kind of dungeon crawler. But the main Pokemon at the end will always be a legendary, and it's any legendary from the previous ones, except for obviously mythicals. So like. For example, I caught a Dialga today while I was waiting for my car because um, I was playing it. Oh, so you you would never run to like Jirachi Celebrity? You will not, but you could. It, but basically, what it is, it's random. It'll be like, oh, the final Pokemon at the end, if you can make it there, is Psychic Pokemon. So it could be any Psychic Pokemon. It could be Mewtwo. It could be Palkia. Mm-hmm. It could be I don't know any other Psychic Legendary Pokemon. Um, that's how you can catch them now, and that's how you can officially get Legendaries that are shiny. Also with raid So battles. it wasn't just like when you pressed the button to fight them, it was like a, a roll? Like, how would you get a shiny Groudon in Gen 3? Oh, I think that was it. You, that was it. you had to keep resetting. Yeah. You had to keep mm-hmm. soft resetting until you shiny, got it. Then you yeah. fucking just but there was no soft resetting back there. You just said, <laughs> off and then on. Yeah. Oh, my God. All right. So, all right, cool. So there was that. Uh, Heartgold and Soul Survivor. Actually, we didn't really talk that much about that. I was, uh, I, I, I played, that was the last Pokemon game where I played. Like, really? Like a lot? Yeah. Yeah, I played that a ton. So I did play those games a lot. But um, 
Y, X, X, and Y, I actually remember enjoying a shit ton so that, because yeah, of how that's, many Pokemon That's Gen 6. Did you guys ever play black and white? Black and white I did. I played, Forgettable. I got, I had black, Gene had white, and I definitely played through a good part of it. I just, I honestly don't remember it. I, yeah, exactly, those, those games to me are pretty forgettable. So that was the Unova region. Zekrom was cool. Yeah, was, 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 was like Zekrom and Reshiram? Reshiram. Yeah. It was like a, a dragon electric type. Yeah. I thought that was cool. That was the black yeah. one. I had that one. Yes. What was yeah. what, what were the le- the legendaries in that? Uh, Curium, which is the ice. Curium. Corrupt- yeah. Oh, yeah. dude. It's and that was what Black, and black White 2 was dude, based was on. Like, you could it, fuse he, them. He, yeah, he like yeah, yeah, garbage. Dumb. It, it, it was hot garbage. What, what were the others? Because I know Durant was there one. Was the, <laughs> yeah. the ones that were moving around were like Thunderous, and they were based Landorous. on... Landorous. Like, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, oh, those Landorous, were awful. Yeah. So the, the Japanese gods of Tornadoes. the land, sea, and Yeah, they were fucking lame. And then they had like these deer... That you these different types of deer, those were the three. And oh like the yeah, three they were also really fucking. It lame. was like the grass deer, like the blue. There was like a fighting type, big buffy deer. How forgettable, dude. Yeah, see that's the so, thing. So so forgettable. I just like looking even at looking at the design. It looked like, great. Bro, the game look looked great. Fucking Raikou, Entei, and Suicune. You're just like wow. These I'm still look, looking this the up. The design looks so cool. Like you definitely want to catch them. Mm-hmm. And then you just have these three like deer, these legendary. Why deer. do I want a fucking deer? I don't want a deer, dude. Like no. And then, like, also, I think look, looking at the first kind of three or four games, you didn't really have any Pokemon um, that, or legendary Pokemon that were, like, like Thunderous. Like, they were, like, based on, like, Zapdos? Japanese, like, uh, mythology that, like, uh, and they had, like, humanoid appearances. So it was kind of weird that you had legendary Pokemon that were now being based in, like, culture, and it wasn't just, like, there's nothing wrong with basing it in the real world or like so the legendaries by the way there was the sword of swords of justice that's what they call them it was Kabalian, terekian and virizian those were like the the horses i don't know if you remember no it's the deer the deer yeah okay whatever whatever. they look like horses to me that's what i I call them um then there was the forces of nature tornadus thunder slanderous Mm -hmm. and then the tau trio which is zekrum reshiram and curium yeah very yeah they were really fucking cool i didn't play a whole lot of black and white black and white too i don't really they would do legendary cats because I always thought that they, they picked cat. the legendaries off of things that you were they like. I feel, I feel like there yeah. is, but I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Well, no, that, well that's why that. I thought that, that it wasn't that like part of the design decision is like, well, people have pet birds. People have pet dogs. That's why they would want them. Mm-hmm. I Maybe. don't have a pet thunder or like a uh, pet so thundercloud. You don't necessarily relate with that too much. Yeah, yeah, it's right. hard to relate to. Like a dragon, a curium or whatever his name is, the ice one. I could kind of get that one. He had a cool design-ish. But like, why do I want a steel bug? Uh, I mean, in our conversation, at least, uh, maybe it's just the three of us, but I think we're very... No, it's everyone. A common trend here is that, like, how sellable the legendaries in the game are very much contributes as to its memorability and how good the game is remembered. Mm -hmm. Because, like, I definitely, I personally think that the legendaries from the last couple games have been weak as fuck. And like that's Maybe why I don't play them. Maybe because we're adults now. Maybe, and also oh. the, the again the style departure. Instead of it being more based in reality, and you you, you hear people talk about yeah, the designers talk about Simplified. like yeah the um, the methodology behind designing like Pidgeotto and like the feed and all that stuff, and it was like you had the gritty natural edge and like the cartoons the anime style combined together, and now it's kind of more everything's more round. I, I think and easy. it's it's probably also just a a, a time consumption portion at some point because they have like over 700 pokemon now i remember like a lot of the community being like a lot of up in arms about like oh well these are like some of the same animations from from last generation or so i will say that a lot of like if not a lot if not all of the assets of the pokemon and sword and shield are reused from the 3ds 
I don't blame them. For yeah. Witch's Sun and Moon. That, well, I think that was a big... Five, 600 Pokemon is so much work. Yeah, so we'll get... Well, I feel like we're going to talk about that when we get to Sword and Shield because that was a big thing. Was oh, the, you're rolling? Uh, Just check. Time check. Time okay. check. Oh, I guess Robert has somewhere to be. No, I don't. We he doesn't like talking about 80 minutes. Okay, we're good. All right, let's keep it moving. I just wanted to We know. can keep moving. We can keep moving. Yeah. So, uh, so, I mean, is there All right, guys. So that's the episode no, of Pokemon. No, since, no. Is there no. anything really memorable from this one? From um, Black and White? Black is that what we're talking I'm about? I'm trying to look no. at to see if there's like... No, there isn't. Oh, this is the first time that TMs were now infinite. Yeah. Oh, who gives a shit? I think that's a big deal. I mean, that is a big deal. That's nice. I. This is when the game started to get too easy. I mean, but the game, I really feel like X and Y is when they. Okay, so let's just go to X and Y because that's when they came to the 3DS. Well, is there anything notable in terms of like for the listeners' sake that black and white? Added? I'm sure someone out there is yelling. Yeah, like, someone's like, about Wait, this? I'm, I'm really, I'm really trying to see. So there was 156 new Pokemon yeah. added, a bunch of new moves, new abilities. There's some Pokemon sweat um, out there screaming. You know, at us, this like is the first time. Idiots. I actually wanted to say this earlier. Now that I mention it, uh, this is the first time that a region was based off of somewhere outside of Japan. And oh yeah, Nova Paris. Was, Unova was based on New York City. Oh, her. Um, let's see. Which one was Paris? Was that X and Y? It, I think it was. Yes. I think it was. I know Sword and Shield is like based on the islands? England. No. It's based on like British. Which one stuff. was like the tropical one? With the, oh, that was Sun, Sun and Moon. moon. That was, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, Hawaii. Yeah. X and right? Y was like Europe. Uh huh. Yeah. And then Sun and Moon was like uh, Hawaii. Let's see. There's Pokemon Global Link. Um, these are really just, I, I don't see anything that's really like. So I think this is another like thing. That we were kind of talking about. There's nothing really like ad- much innovation. Here. Exactly innovation mm. between the two. Like you have, a, you know, does going it f- need the it? formula is set. doesn't need it. You know what? From black and white and black and white two, I think it did because it was really un- It was what really was the forgettable point of black for and white two. Story wise, yes, I don't remember. So I, think it was I know more Team narrative. Plasma was the team, but I don't remember exactly. I don't remember what like was. what the point of black and white two was. So I here's the thing. I think that. Technically, they've done this before. You had the platinum, emerald, crystal, yellow. It's the same game with more narrative and a more like more cutscenes, more whatever. The thing is, this is the first time they put a number in front of it. They didn't like give it like instead yeah. of it being like gray, they they just put out the same game. That's true. To the it was color it was a actually number. a direct sequel. So the other ones were would always kind of take place. Like the new story, new game. Yes, yeah, like region. platinum, emerald. It was always mm. just a rehash, like. But again, the narrative wasn't really anything serious then. The I, narrative has hasn't changed in a long time. You start in a little town. You either move there or you've always been there. But you, you run were, into Professor in Forest. Oh my God, he saves me. So with with it's, Emerald, it's much more fleshed out now though yeah. than it is okay, back then. Okay, fair. With like, Emerald, you got to learn about the story. It always felt like the 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 game that came out after the primary installment was like the the definitive title because like Emerald yes. gave you the whole story from Rayquaza's perspective. Of like how everything went down. It would always be ca- based on the third one. And you like also got trio. to catch everyone. Remember, mm-hmm. it right. went, you weren't just locked to one. Like right. that was everything. And platinum, you got to learn about Giratina and how he. You but know, Giratina, there was also the whole new world you can go yeah, into. Yeah, the dream, the yeah, dark dimension like, or whatever. Yeah, you can that like, was cool. Yeah, that was cool. I remember being that. But now cool. with this, yeah, it, the game was about Kyurem and how he was able to like fuse or like fuse with Zephram or Reshram. But like, who cares? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah, who cares? Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Let's go to Gen 6 then. So Gen 6, that was X and Y. I love I So I really like this one because I thought the Pokemon selection was fantastic. It oh, was I think they had, there were some great Pokemon. They had this. so much. It's only because they had a lot of Kanto. Anytime that they're going to have a lot of Kanto and Johto, I'm going to be a fan of it. That's why I like this version so this much. This was so, the New York City one or the Europe one? This is, Europe so one. X and Y X came and y out was a lot of fun. October 12, 2013. Also important to note, this is the first worldwide release. Also, Mega Evolutions were fucking Sick. Mega evolutions. I was gonna say that was I the big. Like that was the big like thing. For, so this was the first time it was so on the 3DS, cool. but that was 
So if you guys don't know what that is, obviously, if you're tuning in, obviously, yeah, like you probably thing, know. But. And like you see your Gengar power up. Oh, dude, so they have these specific the items that thing. specific Pokemon could hold. And at the start of battle, they would essentially have this new form. They it's like a Digimon it, thing, they right? They called it Mega Evolution. Yeah, that's actually a good way to put it. They would they would Mega Evolve into oh, a shout new out form. Digimon. Um, that's a whole other episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of like, yeah, the really popular ones had like Charizard had yeah, okay, it. Okay, Charizard, Magic, Gengar, Gengar but Charizard, Charizard had two though, right? Yeah, he had the he had black the one. Charizard. Well, it was one was a dragon, one was yep. fire. There mm-hmm. was the X version of the white. Same with Mewtwo. Mewtwo mm-hmm. had two Mewtwo of them. He had two in there. Um, um, yeah, I remember a Manictric had one. Gengar had one. I don't remember Machamp having one. Lucario uh, had one. Lucario um, was really This is cool. also the first time they had... Magmar, uh, Electrodos. Oh, this is the first Labor time they introduced one. Fairy. Really? Yeah. By the way. Uh, Magnemite had one. Uh, Manectric. Um, Clefairy had one. No. Yes, Clefairy had one. No. That was what just What is this man evolution. saying? Sorry. He has no idea what he's talking about. Yeah. No. Uh, you had Electrive and... Uh, oh, those are normal. Never mind. Yeah. That was I, I, so they got third evolutions. So they had Magby, then Magmar, and then they had Magmortar. Oh, they did that for a couple, like Rhyperior became oh Rhyperior was one, yeah. Those um, weren't Mega Evolutions. Uh, Porygon Z was one. Mm-hmm. He had a Mega? He, not a Mega, but there was a third evolution. Venusaur, Blastoids, Gyarados. Oh, yeah, Venusaur is yeah. really fucking cool. Kangaskhan's Mega Evolution. Oh, yeah, was he literally... just came out. Okay, he came King, out and fought. Yo, Mega King, Kangaskhan was was was. Broken that was though, the meta. Dude. It would attack so, twice. Yeah, that which was, was the meta. Which was a pretty big Fuck, deal. The baby came out, dude. That was that was. I remember. Okay, like, so just some new things added in. Um, Imagine the guy pitching like, "All right, what are we gonna do for Kangaskhan?" Is like, "Yo, get this." <laughs> he jumps out. The baby gets. What if we just have the baby attack too? <laughs> yeah, but the baby's got hands. <laughs> it's right, because so. like everyone, like when because you don't know what they look like unless you spoiled it. So I was like, Kangaskhanite. Oh my god, what does his look like? <laughs> Ching. <laughs> just the baby jumps out. It's no Yo, cool evolution at all. It's, it's like this big like orb of light that goes around and just uh, yeah. yeah. All right, you, so okay, finish what you're gonna say. But no, I, I just remember Mega Loop. So that was a great iteration on the gameplay I because think they, I think they should still keep. Them. I think so too. It's way to take old Pokemon and keep them fresh. Well, yeah. So I'm I'm always gonna be a proponent of um, altering uh, or just doing something new with existing gameplay. I'm always gonna be a fan of that. Because I, I do feel that, you know, the hardcore users are always going to forgive you for trying something new. Because at least you're trying. Mm-hmm. So I'm on that side of the damn if you do, damn if you don't uh, argument. But just like, I, I wish they did more with that. Just adding more mega evolutions would have been cooler. Just because the feeling of doing it was just like so fucking sick. Because like the first time you do it, um, it, it was like one of the, it was one of the new things that they added into the storyline because there, it was always like a very clear, like, okay, you start in a little dinky town, run to the professor, this happens, run into the team for the first time. And it's like, you find out they're up to some nefarious shit. And then it's like, oh, I run into the champion randomly. And she's like really ominous. And I team up with her. And then, uh, you know, oh, here's the legendary for the game. I got to encounter him now. This was when the narrative took like a different turn. It was like. And show you some like fucking steroids. Yeah, and I mean, they, there was some cutscenes too. That yeah, they added a lot of cool cutscenes. Again, they were on the 3DS. They had more stuff to new thing to like explore. To this was with like the blonde kid, or like the no, this is Sun and Moon. Never mind. Um, sorry. Um, so okay, so new additions, Mega Evolution. So Mega Evolution cool. was a big one. Um, seventy-two new Pokemon, Fairy type. We talked about that. New moves, new abilities, etc., cetera, yeah. etc. Cetera. Callus was based on France. Um, this was when Super Training came in for so to tr- the, the oh, mini game so for EBI EBI up. stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then Pokemon Bank. That was the first like Pokemon Bank, yeah. That was the first outside thing. I would, I guess, as a service that you would say was that you could like upload your Pokemon to. You did have to pay a fee though. 
Um, but it could allow you to hold up to some like fucking microtransaction. It, it could allow you to hold God up to some it. obscene amount of Pokemon. Well, like, I think like a thousand home. So like it's it's like I don't understand how all these services are blending or like how do you transfer from bank to home or like from ranch to and bank that's, to that's bank the to thing. home. I'm pretty like, sure what? they make it purposely um colluded yeah purposely so like, like murky kind of how yeah. you do everything it seems really obtuse if you ask i mean i think that's on purpose that Look at all saying. these big yeah. words were thrown out um but yeah i really liked the the poke the legendary pokemon from this one xerneas xerneas and evetel evetel yeah i had the y so i had like the, the yeah, crazy Evettel, birdie guy the bird. that was cool i yeah, liked it was him. like a dark bird or whatever who, I, were, the, who were the other legendary yeah who was so the, who okay so you had oh it was um oh no no, actually, I don't remember. I think this was. I think you only had just the three here. Um, yeah, so you had they called Archer. It was it was Xerneas. I want to say it's Evatol, and then you had Zygarde. Oh yeah, but oh. Zygarde. Oh, Zy and, oh yeah, X Y and Z. That's right. Yes. Zygarde. But Zygarde looked like an alien. He should have been the first. So alien. so like there was never a Z version that came out, but I think in Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire there were different versions of Zygarde that you could have. Yeah, there was different like a dog forms. version or something yes. like that. Yeah, Zygarde was cool. Um. I think I think with X and Y, it was just like, how many Pokemon can we fit in this one? Because if I'm not mistaken, I believe this game had the most available Pokemon that you can encounter naturally. I'm not sure. Jamie, look that up. I don't know if I can fact check that, but um, I can't, I know someone's saying out there like you're wrong, but so I think I think that's what it was. Again, with towing the line between gimmick and mechanic, I feel like this was good, especially in the shadow of Black and White Two, where like. You just saw the article. There wasn't really too much to list there in terms of innovation. So they 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 took they took a chance. They did something new. They renovated some Pokemon. Yeah, and like who are the who are the most popular Pokemon? I agree. Let's it make was, them cooler. It was well done for do, sure. Yeah. How do we make them cooler? But then instead of just like continuing down that, you you essentially Mega Evolutions was continued on Omega Ruby. And Alpha Sapphire? Yeah. Yes, it was. Because that's how you got the they, Alpha they mixed or the it Omega in versions. They were for, I think it's Z-Moves is what they were called. Yeah. Yes. Which so I was not exactly. a fan of. Exactly. I was not a fan of those either. Um, and, like, the animations were cool, but at the end, like... This was also the game where they definitely made it more accessible because now, whenever you would select a move, if you had seen the Pokemon before, it would... It's obviously, it's information that's saved in the Pokedex, but you could see... If your types were, if your moves were effective against it. So like it would now it would say there. I would highlight it. It would say like not very effective, effective, super effective. You didn't have that back then. Like you know? it wasn't until X and Y, which came out. I mean, almost ten years ago now. Um, but yeah, crazy right to yeah. think about. But yeah, I mean, you didn't pushing thirty. Yeah, you <laughs> you didn't have those the that that luxury back then. Um, mm -hmm. Also, another thing that I remember they added is like uh, status type moves. Um, for your stat so say i use growl on you and i rate i drop your defense if you would go to inspect a pokemon you could actually see if they were like you know they had like how many levels down or up they had on a specific stat if it, like if it was your speed or your in like mid combat yeah so like you could actually go like you know you can go you could press pokemon or bag or whatever you could press pokemon mm -hmm. you could go to the pokemon that you are looking oh at, i didn't know pokemon. this yeah and it would show oh. you like Oh, if you use Swords Dance, well, that raises, I think, your attack by two or three tiers. It would show you, like, two or three up showing oh, you that. Um, okay, that's cool. So that's another thing that you I feel could... like that was probably designed for, like, the, the, the competitive. Well, so I was going to say that you would, in a general vacuum, most people would say that that is probably watering down the content because, oh, that was never there before. And now you're trying to hold hands for people. And I know that was a big thing that came out back then about that. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I really that. enjoyed yeah, it. I think that's fine. I really I think, enjoyed yeah. it. Because, I mean, like, I mean, you know, for the most part, it's like uh, the element system that Pokemon uses, it's, it's not in a vacuum for the most part. 
been done in other games too, very similarly. So like, it's it's pretty common knowledge. So incorporating it into the game, like at the beginning when it was all new and the fact that you had to know or like the typings, like you had dual typings and like, okay, so it's like a fire gra- like ground, so will leaf work against it? I don't know. But like, you know, it's like 15, 20 years. Right, exactly. I How do you keep fine. up with all these different, they and I think it was, for me. I think it was making it easier um, or simpler, mm-hmm. more accessible. Also, I, I think, think a lot of people though, back then. The inclusion of a new type might have made them want to do that to see Archer, how that Archer. type interacts in the context of the established meta. I know Fairy was specifically added to combat. Like it was like dragon, steel, and like one other that so were So now you strong. would get, instead of having to look up a chart, which you probably would have had to done if you wanted to run a fairy Pokemon, you just have a visual indicator. Like, okay, my fairy move is what it is affected is not. So I, they don't lose points for me there. One of my I, favorite I, things from X and Y, Aegislash. Oh yeah, the the sword Pokemon. Oh yeah, he was. Cool. You, you could change like forms him. too. I think when you're going to like yeah, attack like one form, defensive and one of my favorite form. Pokemon of all time. He's cool. He's cool. Super yeah, yeah. cool. Yeah, they had a really a lot, they had a lot of cool. Wasn't uh, he in Smash? Designs. They put him in Smash. I'm pretty sure as a Pokemon, and he would just fucking start fucking shit up. <laughs> you just start slashing around. Oh, no, he wasn't in. He was in. What was that fighting game? Pokemon tournament was that? What oh yeah, Pokemon tournament. Yeah. I, fuck, I would fuck. He was a playable over. character in Pokemon. He was. Yeah, yeah he has a deal. Actually, the thing I kind of like about the game, there was a lot of Pokemon in there that were kind of obscure that like you would never think or like. In the like the battle and they were there and like, like a fighting game like Suicune I was just like I remember seeing Suicune in like there. the second like, evolution of uh, one of the Pokemon it was like Fennekin instead of whatever the other well anyways that's getting on its other things um so again yeah Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire also came out around the same time I remember getting sweaty and competitive with that game. Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire yeah I remember that was the Sasai days right yeah those were the so it's a little sidebar thing. <laughs> I, so many sidebars. It's, it's important that that's everyone right? knows like how we all met. We used to work at a sushi restaurant that was. A banger for the time. Sushi Ninja. Yeah, it, it was called Susai. <laughs> Susai <laughs> Station. Yeah, <laughs> I can't. I can't do Mama Miso like that. It's it was Susai. Susai. Susai right, Station. Right. Shout out Susai. But we there was we were just like a close group of friends at work. Everyone was friends with each other, and at some point, you know, we all got into like magic. Definitely, like, we all got into that league. was when the VGC craze started. Yeah, and remember. then we all got into Pokemon yeah. because there was this one person, Brian, that was just like, "Yeah, hey, man, I'm playing Pokemon," and like they started playing the card game. Memory lane. But then I got sweaty in Pokemon, and that that's probably like the biggest like that's when I felt the most neckbeard in my life because like I was in your whole life or just in Pokemon in my whole life because whoa I remember I was I mean I was in my mid twenties I'm like I gotta catch this Pokemon <laughs> I was just like. I need a perfect IV fucking Charmander. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that, that's what I was doing. And I'm glad I, I got to escape that because I remember watching like some competitive like on Twitch or something. Mm-hmm. And dude, it is like such an intense test match because it would be like, okay, he's about to use Trick Room. But if he uses Trick Room, then it's going to switch stats. So that means I should use my speed boost or I shouldn't <laughs> use my speed boost thing. I should use my slow speed Or he, maybe he's thinking about that and I should anticipate that. So then I should, I should actually use my speed boost thing. Dude, it was an insane I meta know. because there was there's only like a handful of Pokemon that you could use. Like Rayquaza was one, uh, Kyogre or Groudon was one, um, and there there was just there there was so much shit. Like Whimsicash was another one that was like a really popular support Pokemon. It was so intense, dude. Yeah, that, that shit was all over the me. Shit. <laughs> yeah, it was so. I'm like I'm like living intense. in. You're like yeah yeah cool. Mm-hmm. Oh god, so there's mm-hmm. gonna be like a handful of people that are like, dude, I sweat. So I remember Omega, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire got a lot of praise because it, it didn't it wasn't as ambitious as Gold and Silver at the time, but there was a a part of the game that essentially got um, fleshed out like 
why did Mega Evolutions exist? Why Omega Ruby exists? And you still have Ruby and Sapphire. You had this whole explanation as to multi-universe theory and like space and how that plays in the part. But also the game, the game's combat took you up through like level 70 or 80 or something like that. Yeah, it so got like, you pretty deep. Yeah, so like Red was Endgame and Gold and Silver and his Pokemon are like 80, 85, 90-ish. So it was a similar kind of progression in story and content where the game would, your rival would follow you, the game would go on, 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 up until level 80. So like, your Pokemon go up to level 100. They're designed to go up to a level 100, but yet the the story mode for the game yeah, the only capitalizes up to 55, 60. Yeah. And then you have 40 levels of whatever you want. Going from there, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we'll, we'll go ahead and wrap this up. Um, I'm going to ask the obvious question. Should we be hyped for the remakes in Arceus? So Shining, Shining Diamond, Brilliant Pearl, or oh, I might have it backwards. Should we be hype about that? And should we be hyped about Legends of Arceus? I'll I let Robert go first. RC Lightning. I think that should we be hype for the Diamond and Pro remakes? Um, I don't really think so. Um, I don't, Ooh, I, I don't okay. think so. I don't really think I don't see them innovating no on hype. Diamond and Pro. Um, because again, there's no mega evolutions in Diamond and Pro unless there's like some unless they take things that have been established in newer games and they revamp it into they inject it into Diamond and Pearl and bring it bring it something there but as far as i know So would you just, rather they remaster it or like rehash it? Um remake or remaster? Well, I, I really like what they did with Omega Ruby. The and remake. The, the fact that you had mega evolutions from the previous game included in Omega Ruby, you had all the value and the aesthetic of the previous Do game. Do you want Dynamaxing and Shining Diamond? And I mean, I didn't necessarily Brilliant Diamond and Shining Again, I didn't play, unfortunately, Sword we and didn't Shield. Even, yeah, we didn't even talk about Sword and Shield or Sun and Moon, but... Um, we do that. I mean, if we want. I, I'll be honest, I didn't play Sun and Moon a whole lot. I didn't um, play either of those I games. think the big thing to note, this is the first time that they made a real big difference from... There was no longer any gyms. Now there were island trials for each of the types. Oh, okay. um, which, they were interesting, but that, yeah. they, they were, felt they more... Were, they were essentially gyms. Yeah, they were essentially gyms, mm -hmm. but they felt... It was it was more of like uh, the exploration part that went into it because like you would go into a forest and that was like the grass type and you would need to like go collect these different things and then you could fight the like you know the it was like the deities of the islands right that's the people you had to fight some of them were yeah like the tapus I think was what they were called um, I did not play Ultra Sun Ultra Moon at all I know the Ultra Beasts were holy big. shit I completely forgot that was I know the, the Ultra Beasts were big I got it at midnight never Ooh. opened it I remember I remember going over to his house and being like. It was like months after and seeing just like the game completely wrapped up perfectly <laughs> on his counter. Are you going to play that? Yeah. Well, it's also because when it came out, I'd started grad school. So oh, it was, okay. uh, that was not going to happen. But I remember asking you, being like, hey, are you ever going to play this game? And you were just like, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, all right. That's well, classic. Right? That's yeah. fair. Okay, so you're not hyped about Diamond and Pearl. I'm hyped for Legends of Arsis simply to see Jesus how Christ. they can execute on a departure from the mainline games because I would love nothing more than for Pokemon to be a little bit more ambitious and dedicate a little more resources uh, into things that aren't necessarily classic Pokemon. Diamond and Pearl, I don't really see them being like, I don't know. I don't see them doing just super well. Just a nostalgia well. thing. Um, just because, again, we, we, we hit the nail on the head there. Like, as far as the first three th games go, at least for us in our upbringing, I feel like the legendaries were all on point. The games were all on point. You had a, we experienced in real time these massive leaps in fidelity between the three games. And then we all kind of agreed that like Diamond is where things started to slow down a little bit. Black and White 2 is where things started to slow down a lot. And from there, we got some of the gimmicks involved, but 
black, you know, new diamond, new pearl. Should we be hyped? I I'm not expecting much out of these games, um, but I would love to be pleasantly surprised. I'm hyped for Legends of Arceus. Okay, so we, so somewhere like this, we got one thumbs down. Simply, one thumbs up. simply to see how they execute on it. I think that the I think final thing I'll say. I think that the concept of Legends of Arceus is great. Can Game Freak execute on something like this? That's what we're finding out. Can is Game Freak capable of continuing to be the developer for Pokemon games now that it is in the generation of being purely 3D? Can, or does it need to be relegated to a different studio that is more capable of executing on it? That's what I want to find out. I like the concept of the game. Can Game Freak pull on it? I don't know. I don't think so. Okay, fair enough. All right, Vegaface, same question to you. Are you hyped about... We'll start with... Uh, Diamond and Pearl, are you hyped about the remakes? I'm hyped about the remakes because there hasn't been a remake that I've played from Game Freak that I haven't enjoyed. Um, that being said, that's fair. Sword and Shield, I, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't my favorite one. There was definitely things that I did not agree with. I don't like Dynamaxing at all. If that's, I don't know how that's going to be implemented or if it is going to be in Diamond and Pearl. Um, same thing with, I know you guys haven't played it, or maybe you've played it a little bit, um, like Raids and, and Dens or whatever they're called. Um, that's a big proponent of the game that I got, I think was really carried over from Pokemon Go, and I thought they think would catch on with this. I'm not a big fan of it, so I hope that there's no real, like, those mechanics in it. Like, I know how you said, like, when they remade Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, they added in the Mega Evolutions and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, if they added it and implement it into this game and it's better, then I'll be okay with it. But it's just not my favorite mechanics. But I am so excited for it. Okay, um, so you're hyped about Diamond and Pearl. I just like more Pokemon Arceus? games to play. For Arceus, I'm cautiously optimistic. So, uh, so yes hype? Yeah. I would say this, just okay. because like they've made other non-mainline Pokemon games before. They all get 70s. It's all. I love well, the Well, here's my thing. There have always been different ones. You always want to think of as like Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. It's kind of like a dungeon crawler roguelike-ish. Pokemon Ranger was a game for the 3D or the DDS. The DS. So me. the thing about those games is that they were not produced by Game Freak. So if you look at the games that are not Pokemon that Game Freak has produced, they all were really mid-tier. Has it been every single spinoff of a Pokemon game? I feel like there's been... Chunsoft made Mystery Dungeon games. Pokemon Snap wasn't handled by Game Freak. Uh, Pokemon Stadium wasn't handled by Game Freak. I think that was Hall Laboratories for Snap. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. Made Smash Bros. Mm -hmm. Smash Bros, yeah. Um, I could be wrong. Well, anyways, my point that I'm trying to get to is that you have those other ones. They weren't made by the same studio. Mm -hmm. Fine. But what's going to be the differentiation in Arceus from being just a regular Pokemon game that you're still the same. It's still the same premise. You're a trainer who's going out into the world. I think this one's supposed to be more action RPG based, but from the trailers, I haven't seen a big difference in gameplay other than, Oh, he's physically throwing it and like dodging it and stuff. But like, I, I don't know. I guess, I guess I'm, I'm just curious to see how they're going to take a different approach to the I same Pokemon. It's like, yeah, the world exploration is cool, but like you still bump into a Pokemon. You Correct. Yeah, there's still there's still gonna be a battle. You're still gonna have to catch it. Like, how is that gonna work? Are you gonna take control of the Pokemon, like battling them? But then that's just like that'd be cool. You know, but like, so we'll see. I'm cautiously optimistic. Okay. Um. All right. So for me, so <laughs> Ryan, what do we think? All right. So for Diamond and Pearl, I'm not hyped. I'm not going to lie. I don't think there's... This, this is classic Nintendo. They take a game that was really successful and they just remake it 10, 15 years later. Of course, it's going to sell. This, I feel like the mainline Pokemon games are always going to sell. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure it's going to be well-received by the community. But someone that has fallen off the Pokemon train, I'm not exactly hyped for it. 
I mean, I know what happens. I know what Dialga and Palkia are. I know the story. I don't have any particular connection, like uh, nostalgic connection to the game. I don't have any like many fond memories of it. I thought it was pretty forgetful. Um, so I'm not hyped for that. And for Legends of Arceus, I genuinely hope that they do not release that game at the time that they say they're going to. So January <laughs> next year. Mm-hmm. So I think I'd be okay if there was a delay too. It is a yeah. big thumbs down for what they currently have. If it came out as like, hey, we have to postpone for like another year and a half. Okay, then I would be fucking. I'll hyped. take a listen with the with Anthem and like Cyberpunk. I'll take a delay over launching. You always some take shit. the delay. Always, always take. The delay. I will take a delay. Halo Infinite too. Yeah. Always take the delay. Mm-hmm. But just with what I've seen for Legends of Arceus, it is like fucking trashed here. What I've seen that vertical slice thing that they showed us for the first gameplay, thought it was awful. <laughs> I feel like a lot of Pokemon stands are gonna see it with rose car. Uh, tinted glasses and be like wow this is amazing this is a new whole new perspective and the pokemon can hurt you is the trainer gonna die like i i don't see that happening so what purpose is the so pokemon are gonna hurt? black you out and they mug you yeah <laughs> yeah so like what, what's they what's like the like, purpose like, of that yo that he's sweet and growla swiped fucking it a is, couple hundred from your wallet it's definitely the time for them to make an iteration on the gameplay from what i've seen it is awful now if it was more like how the anime battles are, where you like take control of the Pokemon and it might be like more Twitch based, like Pokemon battle or something, but like a, a more simplified, maybe that could be fun. That's but cool. from I what agree. I've seen, it looks awful. There is no hype around Legends of Arceus. I would not buy it. Don't pre order like it. In the, stra- the trailers, they don't really give you a lot to see. There's nothing. There's no You're like gameplay. Stuff I'm, I'm, I, okay, so here's my fucking thing. Do? Yeah. I'm more hype on the concept of it than the trailer. I will admit the trailer doesn't make me feel. I've seen content trailers. Co- I always just reference it like amongst yeah. us, but there's, yeah, there's, there's a, an image that someone made a while ago of what Legend of Arceus could look like. And it's like the first time you encounter the red Gyarados and it looks beautiful from the shot that oh, they have. Yeah, the concept talking, artist. Proof, yeah, yeah. That proof, like, if it looked like that, yeah, I would be fucking hyped. But the thing is, Game Freak has never produced a 3D game. I don't that care. Looks like you that. have access to tons of resources I in agree. Nintendo's arsenal. They have made great, great games, including how they did Breath of the Wild. I agree. But there is no reason that they should have looked at that. All of the executives and been like, "We did it." Let's I, it's probably because they just feel like they don't have to. I think that's the main thing. Or maybe they just, I mean, okay, this is going to be like the sweaty 13-year-old kid. Well, maybe they just don't care because everyone knows they're going to buy it. Obviously, that's not what they think, but I'm not going to say that, but I, I just people think that look, people, who are gonna, people that are going to buy the Pokemon games are going to buy it, just like me. Anything Halo-related, I'm going to buy it, right? So I'm sure it's going to sell well, but I don't think that indicates whether or not it's going to be a good game so double thumbs down for me are you going to give it a fair shake when it comes out no absolutely not so even if it like does like really well in reviews and stuff i know i'm i'm probably not unless it is like just fucking phenomenal and everyone is just telling me to play it i'll do it then but just me casually going through life hell no that shit looks in the spirit of this episode i will definitely play these games i feel like because we're gonna we're gonna take the time to do a podcast episode on it and like give our predictions. I'll play them Pokemon when they yeah. Two. I'll I'll play them when we come out when they come out and we could touch base on like 
what we what we said, what was true, and then whatever future. Hey, maybe games maybe you guys out. are just gonna be like shitting on me. Aren't the next time that we? Or maybe you're gonna be shitting on yeah, us. Like, oh I yeah, told you that's definitely more likely. <laughs> yeah. But, hey, all right. That's what's the hype. And, all right, guys. Sorry. So <laughs> we're gonna go ahead and wrap things up. Thank you so much for joining us for episode two. Um, I can't believe that we actually got to episode two. Honestly, with like how our track record is with. Uh, doing these types of things but i've been enjoying it it. Mm -hmm. um thank you guys again um let us know in the comments of what you guys would like for us to talk about next maybe you want to see some like review videos or like video games um any kind of like content ideas please let us know yeah for sure we're still uh you know we're still learning how to do this we're still changing the setup um getting new equipment kind of playing with different ideas in terms of segments but if there's anything you guys want to hear us talk about give our opinion on more is more than welcome to let us know um but yeah i guess uh we're doing another one of these in a week yeah we're gonna do another one in a week Vega, did you want to uh, say anything to wrap things up no <laughs> all nope, right that's it all right thanks guys until <laughs> next time have a good night guys see ya